0: Women are different. I, I think you don't go and let you don't go number two unless it's an emergency, dude. In a, public, a
1: dude's bathroom at an airport sounds like the Pittsburgh <laughs> Symphony Orchestra warming up.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only the horn section.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I know. Women are different.
1: No.
0: when you if you walk into a ladies' room and there's a cloud in there, I just want to say. I'm sorry you're going through that.
1: (laughs) Oh, my friend told me she took her daughter into the bathroom this week, and there's only one other stall, and a a woman was just defiling it. And she walked in, and her daughter's like, Oh, my God! It smells so bad in here!
4: Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show.
0: It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance.
5: We're going to make it into the 20s today for the first time since Christmas. Increasing clouds this afternoon, high temperature 24, a couple flurries tonight, low of 10, and then we're going to be in neutral tomorrow. Breezy, chilly, couple snow showers, high temperature 16. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11.
0: It's 5 degrees now at D V E M Val Porter. Sub-zero wind chills are delaying or even closing nearly 200 Pittsburgh schools today. Local school officials say they are concerned for both walkers and bus riders waiting at bus stops in those low temperatures. Meteorologists anticipate after the considerable warm-up today... Another Arctic blast heading into tomorrow will drive temperatures even lower than they have been. So there have been conflicting stories about what happened with Steelers offensive coordinator Todd Haley and his wife, Christine, on New Year's Eve. According to 24-7 News Source, Pittsburgh police say the wife of uh, Haley was injured. In a bar fight on New Year's Eve, police say Todd Haley's wife Christine hurt her hip in a scuffle at the Tequila Cowboy Bar on the North Shore. Steelers initially said Haley himself was injured, not his wife, and there were reports that he wasn't at work due to the injury. Those two were reportedly removed from the bar following the incident. No charges were filed. I don't
1: understand any
3: of it. What do we make of this yet? Is he hurt or is his wife? I I mean, it's pretty... Easy to figure out, isn't it? <laughs> when we get to the bottom of this? How did the team release a statement
1: saying that it was his hip?
0: Yeah, and he w- and that he wasn't at work. Wasn't that the team release?
1: I believe that was the first one. Um, the entire story is incredibly dumb, uh, but it adds to a year of soap
6: opera. That just won't end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The way this is going, Todd Haley's going to be the Patriots' offensive line coach in about two days. <laughs> so that's, that's the next thing that's going to happen. Yep, it's going to. He's doing this on purpose, and he's going to get released.
1: <laughs> he's going to share all the secrets of Tequila Willies. <laughs>
0: And Tequila Cowboy. Whatever. (laughs) You may have gone to Tequila Willys. I don't know. You can't expect me to just
1: easily make that switch. Tequila Cowboy, Tequila (laughs) Willys. There's going to be mistakes. (laughs) Tequila Cowboy had to anticipate that.
0: Al Franken is a former U.S. senator. The Minnesota Democrat departed yesterday after confronting numerous allegations of sexual misconduct. Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith will be sworn in as the state's junior senator today. Minnesota Governor Mark Dayton selected Democrat Smith to replace Franken. When he announced his intention to resign last month, Franken insisted that some of the allegations against him were untrue. He said he remembers some of the other instances differently Franken also took a parting shot at President Trump. He said it's ironic that he's leaving, quote, while a man who has bragged on tape about assaulting women is in the Oval Office, end quote. Rankin was elected to the Senate in 2008 and reelected in 2014. Iceland is the first country in the world to legalize equal pay between men and women. A new law making it illegal to pay one sex more than the other came into effect on New Year's Day. Under the legislation, companies and government agencies employing at least 25 people will have to obtain government certification of their equal pay policies. Those that fail to prove pay parity will face fines. A New Jersey woman is $5 million richer after a very fortunate mistake. Oksana Zakharov won the jackpot off a $10 scratch-off ticket she bought in New York City. However, the 56-year-old said... She really just wanted to buy a $1 scratch-off ticket, but the clerk made a mistake and gave her the $10 one, and she felt bad, so she just went ahead and bought it.
3: She needs to go back and hook that dude up.
0: And so she is now $5 million richer for it. Fans of Chris Cornell are being asked not to film their visits to the rock star's grave. Officials at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in L.A. recently sent a letter to Cornell's widow saying that filming is against the cemetery's policy. The management team for the Soundgarden singer later tweeted a scanned copy of the letter and asked fans for their understanding. Cornell committed suicide May 18th and was cremated a few days later. Finally, Yoko Ono is reacting to Ringo Starr being awarded a knighthood by Queen Elizabeth for his services. to to music she took to twitter to congratulate the former beatles drummer saying it's about time lennon's widow also called it an honor for everyone in the beatles family paul mccartney received his own solo knighthood in 1997 increasing clouds but warm today mid-20s dropping to 10 degrees overnight it's five now at (laughs) DVE.
1: mid-20s really warm all me i'm
3: wearing shorts
6: my you buddy, oh, sorry, sorry. Jeff Conkle here, tremble, Mr. Wednesday. It's the frosty version. It is.
1: And you're looking for Mr.
2: Wednesday.
1: Yeah, well, you found him here on the DB Morning <laughs> Show. Yes,
3: you're looking for Mr.
6: Wednesday. Yeah, Mr out. Wednesday's wearing flannel lined jammies today <laughs> 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 under his pants so it's
3: brutal. Oh my god, it's so cold outside. But- I realized I have a cavity
6: <laughs> I walked outside and was like,
3: Ah, ooh, I need another coat and a filling.
2: Apparently,
6: <laughs> ah. my buddy bought one of those cars that has a heated steering wheel, and he's bragging about the heated steering wheel. And I, like the last week, I was like, You, you're soft. <laughs> like, what? Are you soft? You need a heated steering wheel? I would have killed someone for a heated steering wheel today. I couldn't touch my steering wheel. No, I, I had, had
2: to, to <laughs> pull my yeah. Pull the guy's
3: got to just over gloves? my
1: gloves, man. Wear a nice warm pair of gloves. I feel like I'm not a glove guy.
6: Just in general, maybe this is because I'm a guy, but I don't check the weather before I go outside. Ever? I just assume that the weather is going to suit exactly what I'm wearing. And so it, <laughs> basically if my car would have broke down today, I would have died. I would have just been frozen yeah. to death. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> that might come with age, checking yeah. the forecast. I think it does. Because as you no- get older, that's all you watch.
6: <laughs> yeah, because now I actually carry an umbrella with me. Like when I was in college, I just like put my shoulders up as a... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That was just the... That was just the <laughs> My defense to that.
0: I thought about that this morning too, because I never used to carry Kleenex. Now I always, I'm like my mom, I always have Kleenex.
3: Oh my God, this weather makes me an 85 year old man. <laughs> I preload my jacket with tissues and chapstick and <laughs> Werther's originals. Werther's <laughs> originals. <laughs> I start worrying about parking wherever I'm going. I wonder if they've salted.
0: You carry a hanky?
3: No. No, you're not at the hanky. That's tissues. real yet.
0: old school. Yeah. I yeah. can't
3: blow my nose and then put that back in my pocket
0: and use it again. Yeah. See, I don't have
6: for some reason. I don't have a
0: problem with that. <laughs>
6: <laughs> keep it in the back pocket. You don't keep it in the front pocket where you're always. It's, it's just one quarantine quadrant of your. Nothing pants. else is going in yeah, there. there. There's nothing else going. The going
1: hanky. There. Uh, I mean, we've discussed the uh, pros and cons of the hanky in the past. The 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 one use, and then it's in your pocket, kind of hanging out thing. Until you wash it, I guess. Do you wash a hanky? You oh throw. Yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, so you wash, wash the hanky, so, but and then with the dish towels. Once you <laughs> sully the hanky, you are just carrying around the sullied hanky. I feel like with a tissue, there is the expectation that, like, if you blow your nose in a Kleenex, and it's in your jacket. There, you are looking for a place to throw it out. It's like right. top of mind. It's on your. T- it's on your uh, sort of, uh, uh you know. Uh, sub psycho to do list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, I
6: always viewed a hanky as it can only handle a certain type of. But it can only handle a nose wipe. You're not yeah. supposed to be honking your whole nose in there. It's an emergency when you feel your nose dripping. Nose wipe, just like a tissue is. Uh uh-huh. You can't be loading okay. it up and putting the swipe. Yeah. So basically, a hanky is a sleeve.
0: Right, it yeah. should
6: be viewed
1: as your sl- as another yeah. sleeve that you can hide. Yeah, And it's so okay to wipe no, your you nose on. you don't
0: a big loogie in there. If right, you just that's my had an
1: extra shirt. I think that's probably the philosophy that probably makes the most
6: yeah, sense. Yeah, because there's nothing more disgusting when you're going skiing and you see somebody with r- basically snot racing stripes going all the way up their <laughs> forearms. That <laughs> uh, happened to me on uh, uh,
1: fr- last Friday. I like jumped out of my car and said hi to a buddy of mine. He's, I'm like, "What's up?" And it was like unbelievably cold. He's like. I think he sneezed on your jacket, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like frozen over there. And I was like, that could be three days old. I have you no idea. Snot-sicles on yep. your jacket? <laughs> I had no idea how old it was. Uh, so the the Todd Haley uh, situation with his wife. All right. That was after the Browns came? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, New Year's Eve.
1: Just the
3: latest chapter. So. And the Desperate Housewives of Pittsburgh.
1: Did the Joey Porter story happen at the beginning of this year, or was that last year?
3: Well, it was after. Wasn't it during the playoffs or something? Was
1: that where he was getting kicked out of the 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 Southside Bar? Oh yeah. So it started then. I feel like, and it just hasn't stopped for the Steelers.
3: I can't remember when that was.
0: Now, wait, which Joey?
1: Seems like last year.
0: What are you? Are you talking about something else? Were you talking about the football game incident?
6: Where him and Tomlin were getting kicked out of the supposedly him and Tomlin were getting Allegedly. kicked out of the No, that what thing that John
1: Staggerwald just made up without
6: any proof and put it in the paper. No, not that. Oh, okay. I was talking about
3: him getting arrested down at the Southside Bar.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. I
6: did too. It's That's all a lot I was talking together. about.
1: Yeah. I, I don't remember if that was at end of this year or end of last year, beginning of this year.
0: Let's just Google it.
1: There's just
3: been so many episodes in this, this current season. Oh, it's ridiculous! I'm it's,
6: trying to debate. Do you think that this this you know whole like you know coaches with the like these TMZ incidents with with Pittsburgh Steelers coaches just happens here because people actually are so into football that they recognize who the offensive coordinator is, probably as opposed to being in, like in you know New York City, no one cares you know who their you know defensive linebackers coaches.
0: That was January of last year. January bless last year. year so ago.
6: you're right. It was the playoffs of last year. Okay. So uh, to Jeff's point, I
1: think Buffalo, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, those, you know, the Rust Belt sort of town markets. Yeah, that's, that's stuff. Indianapolis. It happens there, I think, a lot more often. Mostly because in the bigger towns, they can go hide other places. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's, you know, there's a million places to go Unless in Manhattan.
3: You're Odell Beckham or Eli or somebody, nobody's recognizing you in New York City. Right.
1: So, uh, the Steelers it
0: was on the North shore, right, right across the street, well, that's from just the stadium. don't bleep
1: where you eat, man. Why wouldn't you go somewhere else? So Todd Haley, uh, there was reports a couple of years ago. He trashed his rental house in St. Clair. <laughs> he got in a fight with some people at the Plaza hotel in St. Clair.
3: wrote F the chiefs on a Wr- napkin. <laughs> yeah. And like passed it over. Hey,
1: <laughs> pst, here you go. F the chiefs. Uh, and then wasn't there, there was another incident. I feel like there was one more. Well, add this to the list anyways. But why would you stick around the stadium of all places to hang out on New Year's Eve? I don't know. Good God man. Go go out to Saint Clair. Go mm-hmm. hang at uh
0: Go home.
6: Hula hands. Yeah. Hula
1: right. Pizzazz.
6: <laughs> yeah. Well, New Year's Eve brings us out in people is that the expectations are that you have to have a good time. So maybe people just are scrounging around and that's all they could find at that point to have like a big, you know, blowout.
3: I mean, for me, as I, as I get older, I mean, as soon as I got out of my twenties, New Year's Eve became a sort of reflective time where I'm thinking about like, okay, what am I going to do with this new year? What, what happened in this year? How can I get better at what I'm trying to do? What could... I don't want to go out and be with the screaming and the well, boozing.
0: And the other thing is, that <laughs> bo- was a one o'clock game.
1: The... It was oh, it's, that so was you... a
0: one o'clock game. This happened just after midnight. Right.
1: Well, okay, so it's possible uh, they left and came back because it's not that far. And it's that's a huge bar. Who knows? Maybe one of their friends was like having a big party and rented out part of
6: that. Because that, that place is like a warehouse. That never going but, but, there
3: again. I'll never do that. Next year, McFadden's.
6: And <laughs> yeah, a class it up. Much much safer.
1: <laughs> hey, we can't keep doing this. No All more right. tequila cowboy. Let's, let's go to High Tops. <laughs> You're right. I, don't know, I
6: mean, how are you supposed to react like when your wife gets out of control supposedly?
1: How do we know she got out of control? How do we know that people didn't attack her? I mean, the, right. the story has changed like three yeah. times. It's so dumb.
3: She could have been hit on. Somebody could have been
1: yelling at him about throwing bubble screens. We we have no idea. <laughs> so Jeff, you had a holiday first holiday with two kids, correct? Yeah. So how how did that go for you guys? How that go? Uh,
6: I think that we were kind of uh, shovel feeding Christmas to my oldest one. Yeah. And, like we we're just like he's gonna be so into it. We we're like, you want to watch The Grinch? He's like, no. He's like, well, do you, you want to watch Snoopy? No. So I was like, "Hey, you're gonna watch the Grinch and Snoopy." <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, like that—that yeah. that was basically the uh, the the sense of the whole thing. Then, I asked him one day. I was like, because he was being bad. I was like, "Hey, Santa's not gonna bring you any toys." And he looks at me dead in the face and goes, "I have toys." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, oh no, you're immune to my charms." Yeah. How but, old is he now? He's gonna be three.
7: Wow.
6: He's got leverage on Santa. I already. just love like like just Tony Montana stuff. I have toys. Tell
3: Santa we'll. Thanks, but we'll go where we are.
6: <laughs> I, I don't need to, to owe nobody no favors.
1: <laughs> I have those, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought that that would, like, I think four and five is really,
6: like, the magic, magic I thought, I Christmas. think this was the primer one. Yeah. Because, uh, essentially, because we have, you know, my wife's family, my family, we have another side of my family that we don't see, the kid ended up having, like, six different Christmases. He'd go over my in-laws house get presents he'd go over my uncle's house get presents he'd go to my parents house get presents he came to our house get presents so he thinks it's Christmas isn't a day and so much as it is like a Mardi Gras style (laughs) weekly celebration (laughs) so my kids are
3: asking about other presents while they're opening presents like, they were opening presents being like, does Grammy and Pappy have presents for me? I'm like, why don't you focus on what you have right in front oh, of your yeah. face?
1: Oh, yeah. You can't blame them. I well, mean, look, when you're in the middle of a Coke binge, you're still no, thinking yeah. about the next score. So we're definitely going to yeah. get more Coke, right? <laughs> you know the drug dealer's
3: number, correct?
1: <laughs> uh, later on the show, Jerry Dulack will be joining us to talk about the James Harrison scenario. And Merrill Hodge returns in 2018. Mark Madden. Uh, I mean, you know, this is uh, this is where Mark Madden
0: it's a feeding makes
1: his bread and butter right now, and uh, yeah, Barstool Sports attacking him, the James Harrison thing being something that uh, he he's uh, invigorated by. I shall I shall say, yeah. not reinvigorated, because he always finds a way to invigorate. Invigorate. You don't have to reinvigorate when you when you vigorate. He's a he's he's a very easily vigorated person. <laughs> Uh, that'll be on 945. Mike has sports coming up here a little bit. The uh, the Pens last night uh, taking on the, uh, the Broad, St- Broad Street Bullies there. I didn't watch any of the hockey game last night. I felt like not so much of a man for d- doing that. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to watch sports. Why did you watch Ellen's Game of Games instead? <laughs> you know what? I worked until late, and then I was like, I just, I just feel like shutting my brain off a little bit. I don't know why. And um, I was following it on my, on Twitter, but I watched The Battle of the Sexes, the movie. Of Steve Carell. Oh yeah. I got like an oh, hour into it. I didn't see that. It's like a soft core lesbian movie. Just the, you so know. it's great. It's is what you're saying. It's Emma Stone and some hot chick. Emma Stone is Billie Jean King and some hot chick uh, discovering their lesbian uh, sexuality. Beautiful. And tennis. That's what I took away from it. I don't know. The side story was the Bobby Riggs thing. I mean,
3: tennis already sounds like a soft core lesbian
2: (laughs) encounter. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, 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 (laughs) uh.
6: I think that's a little dude dainty. There's a lot more heavy diaphragm (laughs) grunting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Monica Salas sounded like she was murdering somebody. Well, geez, and she got stabbed. She, I was going to say. Yeah, I didn't want to go
6: there, but yeah. I forgot about that. But that did make it hard to tell she got stabbed. <laughs> what a serve uh, from Salas putting all her back behind that.
1: She's bleeding. Flyers uh, get rolled by the pens last night, 5 1. Michael had the details on that. More with uh, Jeff coming up. Logan Paul, do you know the name Logan Paul? Do you want to know the name Logan Paul?
0: I didn't until yesterday. I mean, I didn't know it until yesterday.
1: And is the world going to blow up because of a tweet? Eh, well, probably not. Uh, but uh, a big doozy from the president last night. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is here. He's got your sports on the DVE Morning Show and As the World Turns continues for the Steelers.
8: It does, but let's start with the Penguins who were in Philadelphia last night. Losers of two in a row and seven of their last ten games and on the outside looking in, in terms of the NHL's playoff picture as they reached the halfway point of the NHL season. There was some work to be done in South Philly last night. It took until midway through the second period, but... Penguins power play found a way to get some done. Here's Latang left wing feed for Malkin. Malkin cross ice for Kessel, leaves it middle of the zone for Crosby. Right circle, Kessel with a shot, he scores! Phil Kessel snipes one home on the power play, and the Penguins have struck first. It's 1-0. Oh, what a bullet. What a
9: bullet by Phil the
8: Thrill. Yeah, the citizens unhappy with that play, which uh, the Penguins were crisp. Entering the zone, Malkin to Crosby to Kessel, Back to Crosby, back to Kessel, into the back of the net from the right circle. one nothing Penguins. The Flyers tied it up, but uh, the Penguins untied it less than a minute later. Reeves racing through a check of Provorov. Loose puck behind the net, comes to the far corner. It's Sheyenne steering it on the forehand, cuts to the front of the net, loose in the slot, they score! And guess who? Ryan Reeves pokes it home past Elliott and scores his second of the season to put the Penguins up 2-1. Yeah, it turned out to be a night where the Penguins' complimentary players did a lot of the heavy lifting. They kept pouring it on from there. Kessel from the slot. It cut, skips off the end wall, and the Penguins score, and it's Jamie Alexiak' First goal as a Penguin, an extra nail in the coffin in Philly. It's a power play goal. It's 5-1 Pittsburgh. Yeah, the 6'7", 255-pound defenseman who earlier had a fight, and you just heard his first goal with the Penguins. He mm-hmm. came up in assist-shy. Of a Gordy Howe hat-trick. Five to one Penguins. A very workmanlike performance. This is the first time I watched them all year with a critical eye. You know, taking yeah. notes, really studying it. They're fine. They looked good last night. They've won two cups in a row, and there's been no urgency. And how could there be? They're gonna have to work the second half. They're not gonna just yeah. be given a buy into the postseason, but they're fine. Twenty eighteen and three at the uh, halfway point. That's you know you'd expect better from a two time champ, but then again you don't have to be better. They are uh, one point behind Carolina for the second wild card right now. The Islanders are in between uh, Carolina and Pittsburgh in the wild card standings. Uh, they're going to have to be better in the second half, but there is uh, little reason to panic from what I can tell. Watching their effort last night, the way they went about their business, what they had on the ice. Yeah. Lost some more guys to injury as the game went on. Brian Doomlin got hit in the head with a Claude DeRue shot. Claude Giroux shot. Uh, Carter Rowney got hurt. And uh, Kristen Jarry started in goal but didn't finish. He left halfway through with a hand injury.
6: Matt Murray came in. It's gotta be tough when you're you know, the main motivation is come on boys, let's get a ring for Riley Sheehan. <laughs> you need a little bit more yeah. motivation than that.
8: And I think you know they're they're a talented team, but one of the reasons they've been successful is their ability to bring the consistent effort and the work ethic. You hear Sullivan talk about willingness to go to the dirty areas and do the little things and block shots and dirty areas. It's like
3: we've won two cups. I don't want to go to the dirty areas anymore.
8: Well, not in November so much or December. You know, maybe right. maybe from now on. You know, maybe in February. And the other thing is, if you look at their last two regular seasons, they've basically been highlighted by one month where they were almost unbelievable. Two years ago, it was March, where they just caught fire and then it went steamrolling into the playoffs. Last year was December. I think they were 12-1-1. And that's where they kind of positioned themselves. They're, okay, you're a postseason team. Now we'll see in the postseason what you do with it. They haven't had that month yet. Maybe it's January. Maybe it's February. Maybe it's March. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be lining up on the Duquesne Bridge if I was a Penguins fan just yet. Which bridge would you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've always, I always thought the 40th Street Bridge is an underrated bridge. Uh, you're not going to die from there. It's not nearly high enough. You never see that on Monday Night Football or any of the, you know, look how pretty the city is shots. Or the 30th, for that matter. The new Greenfield Bridge, I think, is outstanding. Beautiful. Mike McCarthy talked about that when the Packers came to town.
1: Majestic, <laughs> good reason to drink beer. Thirty <laughs> first Street uh, Bridge has those lovely little like planters coming down oh, from yeah. all the lamps.
3: Mm-hmm. That's how I know I'm getting That's older. I appreciate that. that. Yeah, I really that. like
8: it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. No, I mean they're not. They're not. Uh, you know, your odds on favorite to win it again, but I, they're not falling apart. They haven't uh, become completely unglued or anything like that. That was a game where they needed to show up last night. They've been trending in the wrong direction they're playing a team that was 8 and 4 in December, a traditional rival. And is it at all revealing that the best they've looked the last you know, in the last little bit here, the two games against Columbus Blue Jackets and the and Flyers, the Flyers yep. game. The teams that they hate. The rivalry games. Okay, now it's let's go. Now it's time to roll mm-hmm. up the sleeves and go to work. Get this done. Uh, just got to get that vibe a little more often. Carolina's here Thursday night. There goes that. Yeah, that's going
3: to be a letdown game. <laughs> well, except
8: except that's who they're chasing, so yeah, maybe that'll get their attention. Uh, didn't maybe last if time, but we can get Cower to come to the game and and bring his own uh, yeah. make that hand siren siren. Make crank. that I'm having
2: a seizure <laughs> face. And, uh,
8: no word on the injuries uh, after the game, and there's no practice today, so we'll uh, have to keep an eye on that. Speaking of injuries, Mike Tomlin addressing. Antonio Brown yesterday during his bye week press conference. He said uh, Brown's progress is going well, and if the Steelers had had a game this week, Brown would have been characterized as of now as questionable. Which leads you to believe that by next week when they actually will have a game, that maybe he goes up to probable. probable. Uh, B.J. Finney's also in that category. He suffered an ankle injury and a quad injury in the regular season finale against Cleveland. Tomlinson said they're going to spend the bye week On uh, known issues, checking that out, seeing if they're tipping anything, if they're having uh, a trend or two that uh, they don't want to succumb to. uh, Looking into the backfield and the secondary? In terms of being predictable. Um, Increased clarity in terms of division of labor. Do they still have the right guys in the right spots? Is there maybe another way to do it? And uh, they're going to look at their schematics, make sure they're confident that what they're doing is what they should be doing. And then next week, They'll get around to zeroing in on the opponent. No reason to work ahead, Tomlin said, because they've already played Kansas City, Tennessee, and Jacksonville this year. And it's going to be one of those three teams. So they won't be starting from scratch when they do their prep work. He also, uh, Tomlin, did address the uh, question of uh, was it the right thing to do to rest guys or are you worried too Mm -hmm. much about rust? And he basically said no. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the answer is no. I don't buy into it. We've been playing ball since July. We'll be fine. Well, and I guess Ben had said, well, I wanted to play. Well, of, co- yeah.
7: Yeah. Yeah.
1: of, of course yeah. he said that, and of course he did. There would be
8: no justifying or explaining a key guy getting hurt in that Cleveland game. No. that would, None. That would have been criminal negligence. I mean, Brown was hurt, so he had to get scratched, and uh, Cody Sensible was hurt, so he had to get scratched. But... They had five spots they could play with, and they rested the guys they needed to the rest.
6: Even when B.J. Finney went down, I was like, oh, no. That's how meaningless that Browns game was when I was <laughs> yeah. really concerned right. about that. Oh, no,
8: depth. You're just used to that. Uh, Pro Football Hopefully, Hall L.J. of Fame.
3: Ford is okay. <laughs>
8: Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2018 is down to 15 potential modern era finalists. Alan Fanica, one of those. It's about time he got in. You got All-Pro about 17 times. Big Red. He's the best. Uh, Alec Ty Law, former defensive back for the Patriots and Jets. I was hoping Jesus we could maybe Broncos. sign him for the postseason. <laughs> He's also one of your uh, finalists. The uh, senior finalists are Robert Brazil, former linebacker from the Oilers, and Jerry Kramer, Packers guard. I've always thought Jerry Kramer was one of the obvious and embarrassing How is he not omissions. in there? Yeah. I don't know.
1: He was literally the link of the play right I mean the yeah well took not out, just that particular play but I out, mean Lombardi's bread and butter revolved around Jerry Kramer right Packer sweep Yeah, want to get a seal here
8: and a seal here and run the ball up the alley still works by the way yeah, if you do it right oh Fanica gets in I, I can't imagine a more deserving guy he beat people you. up for a living did it every year That'll uh, happen the day before the Super Bowl.
1: Well, hopefully, we'll be in Minnesota talking about it. Either that or Tequila Cowboy. One of the two. I mean, we will be at either Tequila Cowboy or Minnesota. Do, or they, have tequila.
8: Those, do they have one of those in Minneapolis? If they, yeah, do, they do, I
1: mean... We're doing a show there. There's no doubt about it. That is the <laughs> Venn diagram overlap we hope to achieve. They have great uh, chili dogs there. I'm Tequila and Cowboys. No, the, the one here. You've gone to the one here. And had you had a chili dog, at yes. tequila cowboy after the Southside Summer Open. Oh. Wow, oh my God! Ooh. I'm surprised. How you did weren't you not get a fight? The <laughs> yeah, that was one of the all-time abuse my body. Days. I was just gonna say, surprised Logan Paul didn't come up on you. <laughs> I'm glad you had a, a weapon on you at least. Doing a video,
8: tremendous. The just the the size, the girth.
1: Hold on. Whoa. Wait a second.
6: What is happening? I have literally never heard a hot dog described as delicious via its girth. (laughs) That would be a great
1: way to advertise Smith's Hot Dogs. The thickest. We got the girth. It was almost a
8: kielbasa. That's
1: that's what we're talking about. It's almost a kielbasa. And they don't don't scrimp on the chili. (laughs) Mm, And we don't scrimp on girth. Girth Galore, which is another place down on the North Shore that you shouldn't go. Uh, Val has news coming up at 7. Because I really
8: needed to drink a little more after the Southside Summer I opened. understand, Mike. So I thought Tequila Cowboy was the place to go. That's,
1: sure, why not? They're I, open. I like tequilas. And they have I like, girth. I like cowboys. And I love girth. All right, what do you have coming up?
0: We're going to talk about what it truly uh, takes to make you happy coming up at the top of the hour.
1: Girth. It's the nice TV morning show. We're just being nostalgic about bars you could get beat up in in Pittsburgh back in the day. <laughs> Jeff Conkle's here, Mr. So Wednesday. So many to pick from. you can have uh, 2018 here on the show. in Men's Health Magazine, which is a great magazine to get, fellas, if you're uh, trying to get back into shape for 2018, it's a good magazine to get to look at all the stuff that you won't do. But <laughs> would like to. Well, I wish I could do that. That
6: looks hard. Or I'm gonna do that, and then you never do. Do you realize Men's Health probably just has an editor in chief strictly around abs? Right. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm the ab a abs. A sizable portion of their magazine every single month is about
1: abs. Well, now uh they're going uh in a different direction here. Uh In the latest issue of Men's Health, they have predicted the eight biggest sex trends we're going to see in 2018. The sex trends. Going is Num- south. Number one, better sex toys for men, they said. Finally. That's right. Um what? Okay. Okay. Uh because are they a lot say of these they are things,
3: are, things that you can just uh fit in your pocket, let's say.
1: I think uh these are fleshlights Okay. and things of that nature. The pocket bleep. Is that in your bug out bag, Jeff? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> just in case <laughs> just in- <laughs> Since it's going to be it's a solo right, it's trip, right, right
1: there next to the hatchet, <laughs> a hatchet, a flashlight. Um, yeah, there's a company Tenga. It's known for the disposable. Uh, it canister. They used to be known as a fifi, I guess. Is this in the fifi? truck driving, yeah.
0: Is this like the hanky Kleenex arguments? Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes,
1: it is. They are providing a. Uh, uh, receptacle for the uh, masturbator
6: on the go. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that How do you dispose of those? Is that like dropping a CFL bulb off at Lowe's? Like you got to recycle those things or what?
3: I don't know. Hopefully I... there's a tearaway string or something.
1: Right. Uh, number two. <laughs> uh, sex trend for 2008. Remote control technology for couples in long distance relationships.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The gala, a vibrator, Uh, Bought to you by the company WeVibe, allows you to control your partner's pleasure remotely via its WeConnect app. If you're in a long-distance relationship or simply out of town on a business trip, you can control the vibrator from afar.
8: The fact that somebody even thought that this was necessary and worked through the technology of it really depresses me. Oh, well, yeah. I, I lose a little faith in confidence. You can change the You're speeds. You're just opening
3: and closing somebody's garage in your neighborhood. <laughs> 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 That's not a euphemism.
6: Yeah. Or someone thinks they're they're opening their garage and <laughs>
2: right.
6: your wife is t- doing the lombata around the... <laughs> <laughs> Honey, this thing's all all haywire. I can hear the baby monitor on it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <clears throat> they're, yeah, they're... Oh boy, I can't say the other things that they have, but they have some very... Technologically advanced, uh, advanced sex dolls, sex. Po- See, well,
6: I, not dolls, just just do, just the remote toys. This just shows that men are able to adapt. Obviously, 2017, that the women in uh, you know America said, "We don't want you sexually harassing us anymore." And what does men? What do men do? We invent robots that yeah. we cannot fight back, <laughs> and we can abuse at our will.
1: Uh, the <laughs> the rise of homemade porn, they say, is a big trend. Make love. Not Porn is a website where real-life couples upload videos of themselves having sex for you to enjoy. How about that? I got to tell you, that's got to be a
6: hard sales pitch right there. God, no. Here, upload your porn video to our secure cloud technology. It's the same stuff Target used for their credit card. It'll never (laughs) get hacked. (laughs) Uh, Number four
1: trend they say that'll be big this year. Butt stuff, butt stuff, and more butt stuff. All right. It's well, part of the liberal agenda. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa. I, I just, uh, not sure all the stuff I can go into here other than to say that, um, it's butt stuff, it's in vogue. And, um, I can't even see the name of the products, I don't think, Val.
0: <laughs> well, if you don't think you can, then when in doubt, leave it out. Well, there's a That's term their
6: slogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There is a term uh,
1: that became popular because of the show Broad City, I think, in sort of popular culture, which oh, is pegging. No. Uh, and uh, suffice it to say, if- uh, It doesn't
6: involve a pirate.
0: No. no, it does. Well,
6: I used to th- a think- A certain kind of pirate. I used to think pegging is what you used to do at the Cracker Barrel with those little triangle wooden things. That's
0: right? <laughs> what you do to your
1: jeans.
6: Would be a happy pirate. Right. Uh-uh. Uh, number five, what you were talking about earlier. A disgruntled
1: pirate. Customizable sex toys. <laughs> All right. Uh mystery vibes vibrating crescendo 160 dollars snaps into various shapes sort of like a transformer. Oh so God. it'll it allows you to have it's like the Swiss Army knife of dildos, I think. Perfect. Yeah.
8: Can you open a beer bottle with
1: it? I guess. I mean, I guess you just send it to uh, that's back to the butt stuff. <laughs> 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 What do you do with the cap? Six. <laughs> you recycle, you dude. <laughs> Ultra-realism yeah, and then donate it for your kid's book drive. Ultra-realistic
6: sex dolls also. Well, um,
1: that's we've, been for a while. Though. Yeah, they've been
6: pushing that the same way they've been pushing techno music for f- 30 years, it seems like. It's never going to catch on. But the software is being yeah. upgraded. Big time. Uh, they're
1: integrating AI technology into their products, sort of like if Alexa was a sex doll.
0: So it will answer you. Uh, well, I guess they did before. It
1: just adapts. It gets smarter. It's like the movie Her. It just keeps getting smarter and gets to know you better and starts to adapt to what you got going on.
8: I don't understand why they make stuff like that that talks. <laughs> <laughs> Part this of the one, this seems one seems to be that
3: defeats says a the, lot. That defeats the purpose. This one has the ability to
1: um, climax. Can we say that? Well, I mean. And as much as a robot can pretend to, yeah.
6: You know, they, they keep trying to install artificial intelligence in these robots, but what happens when the p- robot really learns the true you? They're going to break up with you because you're the type of guy that has sex with a robot. Well, you and have to, keep it on, on you have like to
3: keep it on the novice setting. It's uh, like novice, okay. intermediate, wife. <laughs> and you, you don't want to go. You never go full wife. Never go for a wife. Will
1: you take out the effing garbage? (laughs) (laughs) Um, They said more high-tech sex machines. I don't know what that means, but it says uh, like the Sibian that Stern uses all the time on his show. The Motor Bunny. Motor Motor Bunny, yeah. There's uh, one (laughs) already being marketed
6: called Jiggle (laughs) Butt. That's for men. Sounds like a bad Pokemon.
0: (laughs) Jiggle Butt.
1: Uh, Where are we? I mean, gi- how
0: much do people need to?
1: Jigglebutt jiggle is apparently for the... Do you remember when Laura Korn was on this show back mm-hmm. in the day? For men who uh, like to be stimulated in that manner, I guess.
3: Isn't that what um, what Doc found when he fell off the toilet? <laughs> the <laughs> the jiggle, flux jiggle, capacitor? Jiggle or jiggle you butt. need a
1: couple of jigglebuts. 181. And lastly, they say the big sex trend in 2018 is going to be that sex toys are going to be really affordable. Because the high-end sex toys were also expensive. Uh, But Pauly Rodriguez, the CEO and co-founder of the sex tech company Unbound, said there will be many more affordable products in 2018. As we continue to see the distribution of wealth in this country become more strained, customers are going to keep their expectations for high quality but demand reasonable prices well, this is what's, great news
0: what's reasonable prices because you said something was 160 bucks
3: yeah i don't know if i'm that's just so, so sick just see... of buying pre-owned you know <laughs>
6: <laughs> can't you just see walking into like a store that's merchandise like an apple store and someone showing you a schlong made of schwoski crystals <laughs> <laughs> right. well i don't know the if I...
3: eye dong <laughs>
6: When they bring this out the new
3: models,
1: expensive. the other ones are just too slow. You're like, purposely slowed them, them down. Uh them down. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us. What do you got coming up?
6: I have, uh, I don't know, nothing really uh, pressing, but 2018 uh, is already looking uh, pretty solid. I got some stuff coming up in April, which I'm not going to start promoting at this point, but uh, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll, we'll see as we go along here. Right on. All right. Uh, well, happy new year to you yeah, and the uh, new year, the man. new and improved, bigger uh,
1: Conkle family. Um, and uh, glad you guys got out of that. See, you got you—you you, you were saying you guys got sick?
6: Yeah. What, what happens when you have an infant, they're basically like a, uh, a single-cell amoeba packed with disease. Right. And then <laughs> they then distribute that to everyone, and then it just becomes like a recycling sign of uh, illness throughout the holidays. It's a game of hot potato. That's it. It's terrible.
1: <laughs> Good luck, man. I
3: had that in my house for about three months.
1: Merrill Hodge next hour. Jerry Dulac talks about uh, the uh, James Harrison situation. He spoke with Harrison. Mark Madden also, I'm sure, will be very fired up in the nine o'clock hour. Bowles up next with news on TV. What do you got?
0: We're going to talk about what it takes to truly be happy.
1: Also, your shot at a thousand bucks in workforce cash coming up next. D- I
6: think. Four and five is really like the magic, magic. I thought, I think this was the primer one because uh, essentially because we have, you know, my wife's family, my family, we have another side of my family that we don't see. The kid ended up having like six different Christmases. He'd go over my in-laws house, get presents. He'd go over my uncle's house, get presents. He'd go to my parents' house, get presents. He came to our house, get presents. So he thinks it's ba- Christmas isn't a day, and so much as it is like a Mardi Gras style weekly <laughs> celebration. <laughs> So My kids worried. are
3: asking about other presents while they're opening presents. Like, they were opening <laughs> presents, being like, Does Grammy and Pappy have presents for me? I'm like, Why don't you focus on what you have right in front oh, of your yeah. face?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can't blame them. I well, mean, look, when you're in the middle of a Coke binge, you're still no, thinking yeah. about the next score. So, we're definitely going to get yeah. more Coke, right? <laughs> you know, the drug dealer's number, correct? <laughs> Randy
4: Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. What's
0: up, Val? Well, here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast, and it's brought to us by Dormont Appliance.
5: We're going to make it into the 20s today for the first time since Christmas. Increasing clouds this afternoon, high temperature 24, a couple flurries tonight, low of 10, and then we're going to be in neutral tomorrow. Breezy, chilly, couple snow showers, high temperature, 16. I'm Scott Harbon. Severe Weather Center 11. It's four degrees
0: now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Well, this is a bizarre case. Uh, that Canadian man who was held hostage by the Taliban for five years with his family is now facing sexual assault charges. Joshua Boyle is due back in court today on 15 criminal counts, including sexual assault, unlawful confinement, and making threats. A few other details about the case are being made public but CNN is reporting this involves things that have happened since they returned to Canada. Boyle and his American wife were taken prisoner while hiking in Afghanistan in 2012. Pakistani troops rescued the couple and their three kids last fall. Boyle later accused the Taliban of raping his pregnant wife and killing his infant daughter. I was, uh, it wasn't a resolution, but uh, kind of just, you know what, I'm not going to talk about Trump so much in the news because it just makes everybody mad, but...
3: Mad hey, and sad. What if he blows us up? Are we going to talk well, about him then? You well, can't yeah. avoid
0: it. No. You can't avoid it. it. And it's tabloidy stuff. He is taking his battle with the media to a new level by handing out fake news awards He tweeted yesterday he'll be announcing the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year. On Monday, he said topics will include dishonesty and bad reporting in various categories from the fake news media. Last week, the Trump campaign asked supporters to help award a fake news trophy.
3: Is that is that serious, or is he just trolling the media?
0: I, I don't know, but...
1: Do you, I mean, look, he's, he's toying with nuclear war.
0: Well, that's the bigger story from yesterday. Uh, he is bragging about the size of his nuclear button. Trump fired back at North Korea's leader after Kim Jong-un said the nuclear button is always on his desk. Trump tweeted yesterday, someone needs to tell Kim that he too has a nuclear button and that it's much bigger and more powerful. And Trump added, my button works.
1: Yeah, his penis is so small. This guy
0: That's what is. We
3: need a button measuring contest. Like he's he's insane. Yeah, I don't insane want either of those guys charge. to have any red button anywhere near their desk, except if
1: it's the Staples Easy Button. The only red button he has brings him Diet Cokes,
2: <laughs>
1: twelve of them. But he can launch a nuclear war.
3: You know that it isn't so a button. I was reading up on this. It's like a briefcase. The football.
0: It's, yeah, the nuclear yeah. football. Yeah.
1: So whatever. At what point are people going to stop making excuses and go, "No, I like this." and realize well, oh, "Oh, we might all die."
0: And some people the way they they you know, just general citizens, it's like worship.
1: No, it's of scary. Him. Yeah. Scary times. And they like this. They liked that tweet.
0: I don't know when I saw the tweet about the news media awards, I'm like, Can someone regulate his medication? Uh, This is just off the rails.
1: It's just... Cuckoo. Yeah.
3: Here's an honest question, though. How does that not violate Twitter's terms and conditions? Like, you're escalating a potential nuclear holocaust.
0: I mean, what if this develops into a nuclear war? What are people in the future going to think when they look back and say, What future? It started Um, on Twitter.
1: Well, we'll all be tweeting from our bunkers. Well, as I said last night, I still think that after the nuclear holocaust, Marv Lewis will coach the Bengals <laughs> to about a seven and nine record <laughs> and get an extension.
0: <laughs> well, what does it take to be happy?
1: Uh, you know, not getting blown up by a crazy old, you know, narcissist would be great. According to a Jiggle news- Butts. I mean what what is <laughs> what according is to our last list? break jiggle butts girth <laughs> <Deerth. laughs>
0: according to a new study of millionaires and there are so many of those that we all know it takes 8 million dollars to truly be happy researchers Magic at harvard eight. university found millionaires who were worth more than 8 million dollars rated themselves as happier than those who hadn't put together quite that kind of wealth It's unclear why this is the tipping point. It could be that's the magic number of uh, 8 million puts high net worth people ahead of their peers, boosting their perceptions of self-worth or maybe $8 million is the amount where millionaires feel their money is safe enough to spend freely on things like charity and big gifts. And if it takes you $8 million to spend freely on charity, there's something wrong with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing that always strikes me about Radiothon each year is the amount of low income people who give us money. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid with what's going on now, you know, some of that, I hope it doesn't change because it won't. You mean with the the new tax plan? Yeah, it won't be tax deductible anymore. Mm -hmm. Charitable contributions won't be tax deductible. Um, But we get so many donations from people who are like struggling each week, but they know they're the people who realize. That you know, five and ten dollars here and there can really help somebody else. Yep. It's it's the super rich people who lose perspective.
0: Recreational marijuana is now legal in California and later this month some jack in the box fast food restaurants in By the California. way, not all
1: super rich people. Hashtag not all super rich people. I don't want to like Right, no. There are plenty of uh philanthropic rich yes, people out there. Absolutely. I mean the the people that have more than eight million, <laughs>
0: obviously. That's who we're talking about only the six. happy ones.
1: Yeah. I'd like to give to your charity, but I only have $6.7 million.
0: Uh, Jack in the Box (laughs) restaurants in California will be rolling out munchie meals developed specifically for stoners. The burger chain is teaming up with Snoop Dogg's Mary Jane website, M-E-R-R-Y, Jane. Uh, They'll be offering the Mary Munchy Meal, which features half curly fries and half onion rings, also tacos, five mini churros, three crispy chicken strips, and a drink, and you get all that for a pretty reasonable $4.20.
3: I mean, I don't, I think their menu already kind of fits the bill. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tailor it. People have been getting high and going to Jack and Box <laughs> in Los Angeles for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like any fast food is munchy food. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. It, the pup. It does seem kind of silly. Well, also then, like the idea
0: all, it's all for 4.20. Oh,
1: oh just for 4.20. Yeah, oh, that's $4.20
0: okay. $4. is this go. meal.
1: Oh no, I see what you're saying. Okay. This meal deal. Oh, well, you know, hey, anything to celebrate what's going on out there?
0: The publishing company which administers the music of Tom Petty, Neil Young and others is suing Spotify for over one and a half billion dollars. Wixon Music Publishing is accusing the streaming service of using thousands of songs allegedly without license and compensation. Wixon's lawsuit follows several others that have focused on Spotify's alleged failure to pay royalties on a song's musical composition. Wixen's roster also includes The Doors, Stevie Nicks, Steely Dan's Donald Fagan and Kenny Rogers, among others.
1: So, uh, how do you feel about the uh, streaming music? Do you use streaming music sites? Do you pay for streaming? Yes. I don't. Yes and yes.
0: I use iHeart Radio, Uh but I don't pay for the extra.
1: So, you listen to the commercials and stuff? I
0: just listen to whatever's available. Yeah.
1: I mean, I love iHeart. I think that one's the best.
0: I I told you I found my favorite station on there. It's called Sunny and it plays all those 70s. Yacht Rock. Yeah.
1: Um, So, when I'm
0: in that mood, I, I go on there.
3: I I use it and I love the the comfort, the ease of it all, but I I'm I feel bad because it must be absolutely impossible to make money as a young artist starting
1: out. Well, that's so there's the conundrum. You know, like Spotify, Apple Music, uh you know, you pay for the streaming services and then what do the artists make? All right, it's, so okay, and they and that is well documented. They don't get paid a lot for that, but there has seemed to have been a shift in the industry, or I am rationalizing it beyond belief. But I don't know what to do. Like, do I have to buy every album now? But or-
0: don't they have to give permission? Because wasn't that the big wasn't that the big deal with Taylor Swift? She wasn't letting any of her music be streamed. Oh yeah, yes. You-
3: but you uh, only somebody who's that big can can make that call. Other artists, it's it's either you're not going to get any exposure and nobody's going to okay. hear your music. Publish or, or perish. you can make your music and people, you know, hundreds of people will buy your music.
1: And now I think that since touring is where so many people make their money, records never were, for most bands, weren't the main source of revenue. Yeah, you know,
0: those contracts always... It's really
1: the record companies were the ones making the most money, but it did enable what it did was it, it gave band security so that they knew they'd be protected by a record company. And now, you know, it's like the gig economy has taken off so much in every other aspect of, of our socioeconomic uh, life Uh, in music. They're doing everything to make ends meet. Now they're publishing independently, Mm -hmm. selling CDs at shows, doing more shows, offering, you know, doing like big bands doing GoFundMes Mm. and then offering private concerts Mm -hmm. in order to pay for their recording. So they've kind of, you know, figured out how to appeal straight to a fan base and then make everybody a part of it. And I don't know if that's sustainable, if that's how it's going to be from now on or this is just this one moment in time. But the streaming thing is it's. You know, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you to Bill's earlier point, if you don't jump on board with it, well, then you risk being lost in it. You know, it's like when Pearl Jam fought Ticketmaster and all of a sudden people had like a hard time going to see them anywhere. You know, finding Pearl Jam was tough there for a while.
0: The Stray Cats are set to reunite for their first North American performance in 10 years. Brian Setzer, Lee Rocker, and Slim Jim Phantom will headline and hit the stage together on April 21st at the Viva Las Vegas Rockabilly Weekend. That'll be at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. The Stray Cats will share the stage with musical legends like Jerry Lee Lewis and Dwayne Eddy at the event hall. That will showcase over 100 live bands across four days. Windchill advisory remains in effect until noon today. We'll have increasing clouds. Temperatures in the mid-20s today dropping to 10 overnight. It's 5 degrees at DVE.
1: Yeah, it is cold. And uh, did uh, anybody go to the gym yesterday? Oh, yeah. No. Was your gym packed? Packed. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. Mine was pretty much same as it always is.
3: Sweaty. A lot of hair. Gross. Right. yeah, <laughs> A
0: lot of hair.
1: Some hairy dudes, man. He goes to uh, Planet Greekness. Yeah. <laughs> Designer diets. New gym memberships. That's the traditional stuff for New Year's. All right. But the dry January, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. That's the one that's really picking up steam. Mm-hmm. People... Cut booze out of January. It's been Which is
3: tough because January
1: is the, the
3: month that nobody likes. Right. Yeah, you, you figure like,
1: well. It's like, poof, I great. got a drink to get through you, January. Figures from an online search uh, show that dry January are, have gone uh, like through the roof, far higher than other terms or phrases normally associated with fat fighting or fitness fads. Uh, apparently the good ramification of this, and I'm not sure if we talked about this yesterday is that it does slow you. Supposedly, if you take the month of January off, it has benefits that last through the year Mm -hmm. because it slows you down. Mm -hmm. So it'll slow your drinking down the road. Yeah. I think
0: it's what I did yesterday. You binge drink less. Mm -hmm. You drink less often.
1: The most searched diet. Want to guess what the most searched diet is? The one people are doing the most to start the new year? keto. Keto. Yep. You're into this. How you is did. This. I did that. different then, yeah.
0: like, the paleo or.
1: Well, paleo, paleo, I thought was just like anything a caveman could get his hands on, you could yeah. eat.
0: But aren't all those, like, carb free? Yes,
3: but this isn't about necessarily carbs. It's about sugar. There's absolutely no
1: sugar.
0: Well, carbs is sugar, right? Yeah. Or but... sugar is carbs.
1: Yeah. Uh, high intake of healthy fats, low carbs. Uh, and that's the one, yeah, that's gone above the once popular paleo and Atkins diets. I liked how, uh, I, I did this too. And I I think a lot of people, uh, use the same approach with Atkins. Like, what is it? All you do is eat meat. I got it. (laughs) Sure. No, no, I don't need to read anything more about it. No, no, I got it. Just eat meat.
3: Sure. My buddy did that for like three weeks and we had just we were all roommates at the time, and we had just gotten like a sleeve of hamburgers from like Costco or something. He just ate all the hamburgers, <laughs> yes. and then was off the diet. No, it's no, like, dude, funny. you just
9: ate all the hamburgers.
1: <laughs> that's all you did. So, how long do you think people stick with their workout regimen? Two a weeks month. by by March. How many do you think oh. of new memberships are still active?
0: Thirty percent.
1: I would say yeah, less than half. It's 50. Wow. Yeah. So half of new people signing up by March are out. I'm out. That's it. I'm done. And uh you know, every expert will tell you it's not rocket science. Most of it is done in the kitchen. You work out, diet. And you got to
3: diet. The overwhelming majority of the time that I was at the gym last night, I was just walking around because every machine that I wanted to use, <laughs> somebody was on. So oh, really? You walk up to the machine, somebody's on it. You just keep walking like you weren't going for that machine. And now I'm just doing loops. Just doing loops. I'm like, well, I should have brought my Fitbit. Probably could have got my steps in <laughs> I at least. steps in today. The keto diet is, is basically you're detoxing your body from sugar. Mm-hmm. So... That's really, really tough. And once you get through that, they call it the keto flu. You get um, sick. Yeah, because your body is going through this insane withdrawal. Um, then there's like just no bread, no kind of, you know, basically no carbs at all and good healthy fats like he was saying, cheese. You can eat you can eat some different stuff that you would be like, really? I'm allowed to eat that? Mm-hmm. But you are. And you lose a lot of weight. Uh, but I just couldn't do it. I just didn't really like it too much cheese.
1: Because <laughs> you're allowed to eat cheese, so I was just eating nothing but cheese. Lots of cheese. I like the cheese diet. I could go for that one. <laughs> Mike's coming in with sports a little bit. Pens, you know, Mike had a good point last hour. For those who were worried about them being able to manufacture inspiration necessary to get into a playoff position. Boy, when they play teams they hate, they, they seem to be able to pick it up last night. Evidence of that is they take it to the Broad Street Bullies. Five one win. He'll have the details on that. The weird Todd Haley story. I don't. Even, I still don't know what happened. Nope. In Tequila Willie. All I know is it wasn't Tequila Willie. Really. Tequila Sunrise.
0: <laughs> how,
1: tequila Cowboy.
0: How in this day and age does somebody not have it on video?
1: It's it's for oh, sure on video somewhere, and we're all gonna see it. But it just reinforced for us that this is the craziest year in Steeler history. In terms of subplots, the soap opera. Mini dramas. So coming up after 8 o'clock, we are going to go through the entire 2017 soap opera of Steeler stories. Wow. That, I mean, one or two of these in a year. Did we blow out all the commercials for the rest Um, of the show? (laughs) The funny thing was, it's funny you say that, because once we started putting together all the things that happened week to week... We kept remembering
3: it's, more and more, almost 20 and more. It's there were weeks <laughs> where like
1: three things happened I know. where you're like, wait, wait, what? Oh, yeah. And don't forget about this. Not just football, just craziness. As the Steeler world turns, that'll be 815. And you're shot at a thousand bucks in workforce cash coming up at Ada Clark, Ada Clark, right at Ada Clark. Not before. Right almost like, at eight o'clock on the dot. Uh, and then uh seven forty five, Merrill Hodge, Mark Madden in the nine o'clock hour. I think that's where the arc came from. Mark Madden coming in. That'd be about nine forty five o'clock. Right about there Oh yeah. Mike's got sports one. next on DV. DVE sports. Mike Persuda with your sports right now on the D V E morning show. Who's worried about the penguins? No no need to worry about the Penguins, Mike. No reason to assume anything, but no reason to panic right, Maybe there's reason to worry.
8: Right, Worries are strong. Just let it play out is the point I'm trying to make this morning. After watching closely last night, which I'll admit I have not done much well, to this point. I've watched. I've had it on while I was doing something else. I've,
1: I've read the scores. Been to a couple games. <laughs> I I listened
8: to the interviews. There um, was There was a... There was a what I thought a very revealing moment late in last night's 5-1 victory over the Flyers. The Penguins had lost goaltender Tristan Jari, defenseman Brian Dumoulin, and center Carter Rowney to injury. So the bench was a little bit less pop- less populated than it usually is. And there's five minutes and 16 seconds left in the third period. Pens are up 5-1. And the uh, NBC Sports Network camera starts to pan the bench from one side to the other to show you How spacious it is. And they're talking about, wow, they're really down some guys and they're still persevering. And Sidney Crosby's got the tablet out. And he's got his head down and he's studying this thing like it's game six. And uh, Keith Jones makes the observation, and I quote, Crosby's still looking at the iPad, studying to the end of this game. They're up 5-1, and Crosby's still looking for ways to produce. And the point of that is, if you have that kind of focus... Good things happen. If you have and, that kind of leadership, if the rest of the team looks at the guy. Should be a ripple effect, right? And they definitely. Had, they had that last night. If they had it every night this year, obviously not. The The record coming in, they had lost three of their last seven. They had played 40 games and won 19 of them, which is not very Penguin-like, not very two-time defending champ-like. And they were on the outside looking in in terms of the wild card chase. For the playoffs, but uh, they got it done in Philadelphia last night, and a big reason why is uh, they were trying to do what they should have been doing all along. Here's Mike Sullivan.
7: Well, I just thought we played the game the right way. You know, I, th- I thought we defended hard when, when, the, when it was called upon. I thought, uh, you know, we were uh, on the right side of the puck in a lot of situations. I don't think we gave them a lot of high quality chances. Um, and so, when I, you know, when I think we play that way, we give ourselves a better chance to win. And, uh, you know, our power play was good again tonight, as it's been all year long for us. It, you know, our power play can be a difference maker for us. And so, you know, when those elements are all in place, then,
9: uh, then you know, we can compete against anybody.
8: And he's been saying that stuff since December of 2015. And it works. It doesn't work all the time. You can play well and lose in the NHL, but if mm-hmm. you play the right way with the focus and urgency and the schematic attention to detail, chances are you're going to be successful way more often than not if you're the Penguins. And that's been proven for two years, and uh, they kind of dialed that up again last night. And first period, it was it was a tough grinding game. There wasn't a lot of space, scoreless after the first period. Penguins only had six shots. Sullivan told them shoot more between periods. They started shooting more 5-1. to one. Fourth-line scoring goals. And Philly, 8-4 and four in December, had been playing well. And, you know, Philly's up to play the Penguins. So just kind of a reassuring step, I guess, is the way to put it. Uh, and good contributions from the new guy. Alexiak. Jamie Alexiak, the 6'7", 255-pound defenseman, who looks like a, a good pickup. In the early going. And they didn't have Brian Rust. They didn't have uh, Chad Ruweedle, but they did get Crystal Tang back after a three-game absence and Justin Schultz back after an 11-game stint on the shelf. And all of a sudden, the defense looked a lot better. And that's another, boy, it helps when your defense doesn't suck. (laughs) Matt Murray's better when the defense doesn't suck? I think even the great Marc-Andre Fleury's better when the defense doesn't Uh, suck. Well, maybe not him. He's probably, he doesn't need a defense. I am always good. But, and, you know, score some goals. That's what they do, right? They've been scoring at an, at an alarmingly low rate this year, and that's, that's been positive. Yeah, it's just
1: weird that the team with that much firepower has been I don't uh, think they forgot how dormant. to do it. No, I think they're just waiting to turn it up till they absolutely have to after having two consecutive I think that's a, you know, Stanley Cups. And that's
8: maybe a little dangerous uh, way to proceed, because are you sure you can flip that switch when you need to and, you know, turn it on? We'll, we'll find out, but uh, no reason to think they can't still. And uh, last night, one of those games where they obviously uh, focused on it and wanted to show up and uh, give to Philly what what they felt they were capable of giving, and they did. Uh, so the standings right now, the wild cards in the Eastern Conference, it's the Rangers and Carolina are the two wild cards. The Rangers with 47 points, Carolina with 44 the islanders have 44 points and the penguins have 43. Your next two games, Thursday night here against Carolina and then Friday night on the island. Or in Brooklyn, wherever the hell they're playing. Yeah, maybe they're playing in Queens, I don't know. Who knows. Know. Yeah. Uh but th- there's two more games. If if Carolina and the Islanders are the two teams directly ahead of you in the standings and you are serious about climbing up and, and sort of reestablishing a secure position, if not a comfortable position, you would expect the same kind of effort and attention to detail and willingness to grind through the tough parts of the game and uh, find a way to get it done. So it's going to be interesting next couple for the Penguins. It's probably a good time to go on a little streak. Kick it in gear and just sort of activate the streak. Calm everybody down. Uh, Steelers getting ready for nothing this week, and uh, that's the way Mike Tomlin likes it. Uh, several of your key performers got ready for nothing last week as they prepared to close the regular season against the Cleveland Browns. You didn't see the likes of Cam Hayward, Dave DeCastro, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Marquise Pouncey. Uh, Mike Tomlin asked uh, repeatedly yesterday about the rust factor, and was that uh, a calculated risk, not playing those guys, given that they've got a buy coming up? And uh, Mike Tomlin said, no, it was not a calculated risk.
10: We can talk about rust all you like, but uh, he ain't buying into it. The question's a real thing, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm I'm used to the question, and I don't get me wrong. I enjoy the question because the the scenario or the or the variables surrounding the questions are good for us. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not overly concerned about it. To be honest with you, um, I don't buy into it. We've been playing ball, man, since since July. Every day, um, we'll be fine.
3: I swear I blame this whole quest this line of questioning on Peyton Manning because those Colts teams used to just be so up and have the division so locked in that they just took the pedal off the gas, you know, took their foot off the pedal like the December. last couple of games yeah. of the season, and then they'd have the first round by and then they'd get knocked out and everyone would go, Oh, look at the rust. <laughs> Nobody has ever said, Whoa, look at the rust with Tom Brady. Well, you think he's gonna? You think the Patriots are gonna be rusty? It's just not worth the
8: injury risk to me. It's what everyone fights for. Yeah, you're so banged up at this time of the year, and they'll uh, they'll proceed this week looking at themselves. Tomlin said, uh, "Not going to get in any potential opponent preparation. They'll practice today, tomorrow, and Friday as they would during a normal game week. But it's going to be the Steelers evaluating the Steelers uh, personnel wise, scheme wise." Uh, trend-wise, uh, see if they can uh, improve themselves that way. And then they'll get around to uh, prepping for either Jacksonville, Kansas City, or Tennessee, three teams that they have played previously. Uh, one of the guys who did play on Sunday was rookie wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. He is your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Rookie of the Year, the winner of the Joe Green Great Performance Award as voted by the Pittsburgh chapter of the Pro Football Writers Association of America And man, did he have a day. A 20-yard touchdown reception, a 96-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. He is not hitting any type of rookie wall. He is uh, continuing to become a factor in the offense. And according to Alejandro Villanueva, he has been a factor far beyond catches and yards and blocks and all that on-field stuff. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has been an inspiration for this year's Steelers. I wish
11: you know everybody had a Juju in their life. Um, he's a very fun
8: person to be around. Great personality, great—you know—works extremely hard, loves football. Um, you know, I have never met—you know—a personality like that, and uh, and for me, especially, you know, I have to teach him how to drive and everything. Um, I um, I really fell in love with the kid. You know, he's awesome to have around, and very glad we have him on the team. I fell in love with the kid. How many times you hear people say that about a rookie? I wish everyone had a juju in their life. You know, I vote for that award. Uh, I voted for T.J. Watt and when it was announced that Smith-Schuster won and I thought, eh, got it wrong but uh, then the Cleveland game happened and started to reconsider it a little bit. Uh, They're both pretty worthy guys and that's a rarity that you have uh, that kind of tough decision. Back to back
1: great drafts for the Steelers. The play that Juju made in the Patriots game to set up what would have been the winning touchdown if uh, Jesse James can hold on to the ball. Or he did. uh, I don't want to get into all that crap. But that was. Oh, man. His wheels. It seems like that was lost in all of the controversies that. well, it was because it didn't matter. I know, but it's still a huge. It's what he's capable of doing. He's capable of
8: snatching a game away from somebody. If James catches the ball, they're writing songs not about Jesse James, but about Smith Schuster for setting it up. Uh, There's no doubt. It's a good point. Yeah, that's
1: Oh, I'm still pissed about that. I just thought about it again and it pissed me off.
8: He said some home runs. Mm. He's had some just make the possession catches. He's had some blocks. He said um our kickoff return. And the return game, you know, the 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 punt returns of Eli Rogers the last couple weeks, they they got some good stuff done in Houston on that. And uh, the return game again, the Steelers have been going for a long time really without any sort of consistent return game. Antonio Brown was always capable of popping one every once in a great while. But uh, if they could get a little more there, that would help.
1: Merrill Hodge, when we return on the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show. You're home of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DVE. Joining us right now, Merrill Hodge, ladies and gentlemen. Merrill, happy new year, brother. What's going on, man?
4: Missed those voices, man. Missed you guys. Happy New Year to you guys. Hope you guys had a good Christmas. Good New Year's. Well, same to you. Ready for 2018.
1: Well, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready to finally beat the Patriots. Let me ask you something. Would Bill Belichick, or how much of Bill Belichick's decision in signing James Harrison was uh, to kind of give uh, a mental shot to the Steelers?
4: Well, you know, I think Belichick. first looks at you know how can a player help us and I, I can see how um how they use people how james harrison fits them because they are so situational you know they try to find you know what's the strength of a player what do we not have you know and they really don't have pass rushers you know they have guys that can get you know um um seal the edge come off the edge you know for like 20 25 snaps so i could see that that was probably his first priority and then be like, "Hey, hey, this could probably mess them too. Why not?" <laughs> but I, it wasn't like I. I Here is what I don't. What I am saying, I don't think he said, "Hey, listen, he can't help us, but let's sign him." No, right? He, he can help them. You know that. That was the first priority. You know. Uh, now that being said, that guy.
1: he can help the Patriots. How bad must it have been for Mike Tomlin to mm-hmm. to let him go, knowing he can help the Patriots? Yeah, they like.
4: Because it wasn't
1: like Mike Tomlin thought he can't go do anything,
4: right? Yeah, no, no, I no, I don't, I don't think so for a second. Um, but you know, and if I, I don't re- actually remember I, they had to move somebody, didn't they? You know, sometimes this is you, you got to do things that you don't want to do.
8: They had know? to bring so, uh, Marcus Gilbert
4: back from suspension. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, you know, when you have to, sometimes you just have to do things that you don't want to do. You know, um, that's what makes it tough you know from from an organization's perspective, but then it comes down and then but you have to look look at the business of it you know you when you have to make moves and you have to do things you know unfortunately you know that's the that's the price you pay for doing business sometimes what you know, about right?
1: uh what about the idea that uh sitting the starters is uh endangering them in you know in terms of like will Ben be rusty because he didn't play the last game? Man, I don't.
4: I mean, I think correct me wrong if I'm wrong, but I think Ben's done this before, you know, and played well. You know, uh, I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to affect him at all. I think that was a smart move because he's he's taking a lot of there's a lot of wear and tear during the season with the touches he has. I just think it was it, guys that they did sit. I don't think it'll be a factor whatsoever. I really don't. Who do you got,
8: Merrill? NFC looks intriguing as hell. The AFC looks like Steelers or Patriots, but that's a coin flip.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, I don't listen. That doesn't bother me. Them going to New England. You know the way the things happened. You know in that last game. You know that's I can just tell you from a player's perspective. That is not. It's just like, like I don't care where where we play them when we play them. It ain't gonna matter. But I'm gonna make it. This this gonna be a different outcome. So I, I just don't. Would you love to be home, sure? I mean, I'm not going to argue that, but you're not like, oh, we got to go to New England, we got no shot. That is not even going to cross their mind. If that's where we end up. First thing we got to take care of whoever we end up having to play. You know, we better beat them first before you get into the, get into that scenario. But that that if it comes down to that, it's not going to to me. That would not bother me at all as a player that so we got to go to New England.
3: Well, that's good. Who do you think it's going to be, Beryl? I know I know. Big Ben wants another shot at Jacksonville. You think they're going to just take care of the Bills?
4: Man, you know what? It, it'll be, you know, it depends on Shady McCoy. You know, him not playing. And now, listen, I, you never know how bad an ankle is, but when you look at his game and how he plays, you know, to not have a healthy ankle, I just, I just don't know how effective he can be just because he is such a dynamic cutter and a shifter. Well, if you have – you know, if your ankle is that, I mean, I don't know how severe it is, but let's just say it's bad. I just don't see him being as effective. Um, uh, and I just, so it'll be hard for, I just think hard for them without him to beat them. You know, they're just, they're not as consistent at the quarterback position as, as they need to be, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he would have to have a game of a lifetime, to be honest with you, against that defense, but, um, I see him getting a, re, uh, you know, it could be a rematch. See that? Then that's how it goes. Jacksonville wins. They come here, right? Yep. Yeah. And into Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. Steelers play the highest yeah. seed
4: left. The highest seed, right? So that would be. I can see that. I mean, I can. I, I think it would be tough. You know, and keep in mind when he when he threw those five interceptions. As I remember it, really one of them was on him. You know, of the five, because I remember the first one. I believe James Conner was just a little late picking up a blitz. Anyway, those the pressures, I mean, the interceptions that he had, listen, I, from a competitor's perspective, you'd like to re, redo that too and have a new shot at a defense. So, you know, um, and weather will be a little different than it is in Jacksonville, and that is a factor with teams that are used to warm weather, you know, climates trying to come into something that uh, could be as frigid as it could be in Pittsburgh. So yeah, uh, that'll be an advantage. Merrill, you know, you, you, you're you involved with the league.
1: Uh, do you anticipate changes being made uh, in the rules for uh, what is and what is not a catch in the wake of what happened yeah. with Jesse James?
4: Yeah. Okay, you know, let's just use Jesse James' for example. You know, should there, anything that you, within the field of play, where you have control of the ball, should – the same rule should apply as any type of runner, you know, that crosses the goal line. You know, once you cross the goal line and the ball is secured, you know, it's a touchdown. no matter what happens, you know, after you cross the goal line. Um, because in the technically in Jesse James's case, you know, you caught the ball, it was secured. He's making a move towards the goal line, and yeah, it moved and shifted. But like if he was just a runner, that would that would have been a touchdown, right? wouldn't have been – you know, it wouldn't have been – and I just I just don't uh, – they're going to have to do something to, I think, just and not penalize things like that, you know, where you've secured the catch and you've crossed the goal line and you've made a football move, which you, which you did, you know. Um, I could see them fine-tuning it and cleaning it up because there's, you know, a lot of catches like that that, you know – if you put it in a runner's hands and it wasn't a pass, that would have been a touchdown. We wouldn't even have cared if the ball completely fell out of his hands because he broke the play in the goal line and he had the ball secured. So I think there could be some tweaking. I don't think there's any doubt that they'll revisit it. That I know they're going to revisit. You know, and I, I do sense that there'll be some tweaking in it too.
1: Steelers put a cap on the Browns' 0-16 season, and Hugh Jackson still has a job. Marv Lewis can't win a playoff game with the Bengals. He still has a job. Why do these two Ohio franchises seemingly every year just move at a slower
4: pace than the rest of the league? Well, you know, listen, I, I it's easy to fire people, you know. Um, then why don't they do it? As, <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, well, listen to their credit, I will tell you this. You know, look at if you look at the Steelers, um, in those. I understand they won and they had. There's a different pedigree that's kind of gone on there. But the one thing that is most important to have success is consistency. So let's look at Cleveland. You know, um, I can understand why that's a little bit of a head shaker. You know, you got some good draft draft picks. You know, um, but you didn't win a game. But you won a game a year before. You're supposed to be better, but you didn't win a game. Well, the one thing that we we don't have the luxury of being inside the walls and the meeting rooms there. Um, if that organization feels like, listen, we're still going in the right direction, you know, and if we got to start over, we got to start over. So we got to fire Eugene Jackson, you know, we got to hire a new guy. We got a new learning. We got new philosophies. We got a new approach. We, you know, it's just, if we like this approach and we believe we're going in the right direction, let's not get rid of those guys. We believe in these guys and eventually we'll turn around. I've always believed somebody needs at least a five-year program or a five-year shot to really validate what they're doing.
8: Or in Marvin's case you know, like 15.
4: Yeah, you know, and listen, at the end of the day, you know, there there's a lot of times. I remember when, you know, we went through some growing pains in Pittsburgh after the seventies were over, you know, and shoot, they wanted to get rid of Chuck Noll, Then he has one of the greatest coaching years he's probably ever had in in the history of his um in his legacy um, in nineteen eighty nine. And then when Bill took over how many times did we lose in the playoffs? In the first round, you know, and I think I believe twice before we won. That being said, wonder if everybody all got all fired up if you have if you'd lost. I mean, fired him right after he'd lost two, his first two. You know, I just the one thing that Marvin has done is he's made him competitive, and they've been on the knocking on that door. Now I know the last few years they haven't, but you know they've had a few changes and some key personnel that I know they believe as an organization has changed and they'll be better next year. So, you know, that was one of the faults of the Cincinnati Bengals forever. Like, you guys just fire people. Or, you know, every two or three years, you, can't, you got so much change, you can't have any consistency. That's what happened to Tampa for years. So much change, you can't have consistency. So now you can – I mean, I know people go, now we're way too consistent because yeah. Marvin I- –
1: I, I can I, I can see the argument for Marvin, but one in 31 for Hugh Jackson. Yeah, you I, 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 I mean, honestly, he got one more than me.
4: Yeah, I got you. I got you. But that's what I'm saying. If I was a head coach and I walked into that scenario, I would say, listen, in all fairness, I need five years. With the debacle we got going on here. Now, listen, who's to say that they're not? Didn't they just get rid of the baseball guy? Didn't, you know, they tried that that theory that, you know, Major League Baseball, okay, well, that's moronic. I mean, so, listen, I'm not saying this happened, but it did happen. They're like, hey, Hugh, sorry. You know, the baseball thing is hindering what you were trying to do as a football guy. We're getting rid of him. Now we're going to get a real football guy and we're going to do football here. We're not going to be Major League Baseball. And, okay, you got whatever you got left on your contract, get this thing turned around. Show that you're going in that direction. So, I, I, I get, I understand what you're saying, Randy, but then I'm like, man, being really in that environment, I'm like, er, that type of mess, if I was a head coach, I'd like, listen, give me five. Yeah. There's a lot of things to correct here, there's a lot of things to change, you know, and it doesn't happen overnight in this scenario. So, I, I, I don't know, Merrill. Maybe they stuff. should
1: fire the baseball guy and bring in a tennis guy because loving 16 sounds a lot better than whatever they got
4: going on. <laughs> Meryl yeah, Hodge. I w- we should never complain in fish. Don't complain in Let them keep doing their deal. I know. Let them keep on that path, bro. Don't, I'm with you. They just don't poke the bear. Let no. them keep doing their deal.
1: No, That's I'm fine. I'm 100, 100 percent with you on that, Meryl. Good talking with you, man. We'll talk with you soon. And uh, once again, happy New Year.
4: Shame to you guys, Hi, brother. Look forward to this next month. See okay, guys.
1: man. We'll see you. Val's got news coming up next. We got Val. Well,
0: it's a little late, but we'll talk about some of the top 10 things from last year, like best movies, best TV show. Talk about that a little bit.
1: And speaking of going through the best of last year, we're gonna take you on a journey through the Steelers soap opera in and out of every week of the twenty seventeen season, which culminates journey. Which culminates with a hip injury at Tequila Cowboy to an offensive coordinator or his wife. I don't know. Still up for grabs. Conflicting reports, but the soap opera. Of the year that was for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up next hour, and your chance at a thousand bucks in workforce cash now. The Gala, a vibrator uh, bought to you by the company WeVibe, allows you to control your partner's pleasure remotely via <laughs> its WeConnect app. If you're in a long distance relationship or simply out of town on a business trip, you can control <laughs> the vibrator from afar. The fact that somebody even thought that
8: this was necessary and Work through the technology of it really depresses me. Oh well, yeah. I I lose a little faith in you. Can change the you're just opening
3: and closing somebody's garage in your neighborhood. (laughs) 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 That's not a euphemism.
1: Yeah, or someone thinks they're they're opening their garage and (laughs) your wife is doing the lambada around the (laughs) Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Lambada contemporary reference 2018. It's the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter, I'm shouting.
0: <laughs> I, I just had my headphones up too loud.
1: Yeah, I know. You, I like your scarf for the day. By wow. the way, we should just How have many an Insta- scarf. Did you get what? for Christmas? I know we oh, should yeah, have a, a, a an Instagram account. Val scarf of the day. <laughs> Val scarf is a picture of Val scarf. Account.
0: It's. I I would wear a full snowmobile suit in here if I could get away with it. I want Fox no Sports. skin exposed. Leggings. A full-blown
3: onesie like Ralphie's brother.
0: Yeah, but with clothes underneath it.
1: (laughs) It's cold out there. Hey, it's going to get up to a whopping 20-something today. It
0: is, and here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We're going to
5: make it into the 20s today for the first time since Christmas. Increasing clouds this afternoon, high temperature 24, a couple flurries tonight, low of 10, and then we're going to be in neutral tomorrow. Breezy, chilly, couple snow showers, high temperature 16. I'm Scott Harbon. Severe Weather Center 11.
0: It's five degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. After all the accusations of sexual assault and harassment, Harvey Weinstein is one step closer to facing criminal charges. According to TMZ, the Beverly Hills Police Department has sent two cases involving the disgraced movie mogul to the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. This is the first time a criminal investigation into Weinstein's alleged sexual misconduct has gotten this far. As TMZ points out, the DA now has to decide whether there is enough evidence to file criminal charges. The Beverly Hills Department has not supplied any details of the cases. Dozens of women have accused Weinstein of sexual harassment and assault, but so far no no criminal charges have been filed against him. Weinstein is also reportedly under investigation by the Los Angeles and New York Police Departments and Scotland Yard. Meanwhile, the DA's office in Beverly Hills has received five cases against Director James Toback. He has been accused of sexual misconduct by hundreds of women. That cold wave just continues gripping the United States from Massachusetts all the way to Texas. Blizzard conditions being reported near Buffalo and Syracuse, New York. Winter warnings are stretching down south from North Carolina to northern Florida. They're undergoing freeze preparations in Florida. Hard freeze warnings in effect in parts of Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and even southern Texas. Channel 11 says the high tomorrow will be 16, but just 9 degrees on Friday and Saturday for the high. But by Monday, it's supposed to be 41. I think that's the warm day, and then it goes back to a little more seasonal, 30s and 20s. So get through the weekend, and hopefully it'll be a little better. Well,
3: I I forgot to ask Jeff today. uh, You know, Mr. Wednesday was in with us this morning, and I forgot to ask him if he took his lights down January 1st because – that was his big thing. Oh yeah, taking that's the right. Christmas lights down. Nobody's taking their lights down. No way, it's down. too yeah. cold. <laughs> it's
1: too cold. I'll wait till March. Yeah, it looks wonderful out. Well, you know the other thing about it, about it is it's like it's so cold and everybody's so miserable and you can't really go outside or do anything. So you might as well at least have the air of like a lingering holiday. Sure.
0: Yeah, and there's snow too, so that makes it a little more holiday-ish.
1: But we're still well within the range of being okay. Oh yeah. To have your Lights up. Uh, to yeah. me, it's all a January is a safe zone. Really? Yeah. Nah, I got till Friday. Really? Yeah. yeah. First week. First week Not even. after the new year. Then get on with the dreariness that is winter.
0: <laughs> the misery. Well, I know
1: that there's like,
3: in my neighborhood, there's a Christmas tree pickup like next week. So that's, to me, like maybe... The end. Second week in January. I get that. But for me personally... All of January is a, is a wash. Now, I don't turn the lights on every night anymore, necessarily late in January, but I don't take them down either.
1: Yeah, take them down. Life is a checkoff play from this point <laughs> on till the sun comes out.
0: Well, we know what you did last night, maybe. And in late September, everybody else will know, too. Apparently, the top night for making babies for the year was last night. According to the Daily Mail, the rough numbers say the average pregnancy lasts 38 weeks. The most common birthday is September 26th, so because last night is exactly 38 weeks before September 26th, you could assume more couples conceived last night than any other night the rest of the year. Which I guess I know my parents. What they did? My birthday is the twenty eighth. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Well, too
1: drunk on New Year's Eve. Too hungover on New Year's Day. Pull it Trapped together in the house. Right, exactly. Freezing, cold. Knock. Don't
0: want to take down the Christmas decorations. <laughs> right.
1: Knock one out on the second.
0: I have never worked with someone with terrible body odor, but one woman with a stinky coworker ended up without a job because of it. Amber Bridges was working as a supervisor at a magistrate court in Indianapolis in November of last year when some of her employees started complaining to her about one coworker's chronic body odor. So Amber bought a bunch of air fresheners and put them all over the office. Well, about six months later, the smelly coworker complained to Human Resources that the air fresheners had created a hostile work environment. So Amber, the woman who put up all the air fresheners, was fired. So now she is suing the city for wrongful termination. She is claiming the employee's body odor is a disability, and since she was working to accommodate her under the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, she should not have lost her job, she claims.
3: Ah, she shouldn't have lost her job.
1: I got in an Uber last She's week with a guy who the stunk situation. so bad, and he was trying to cover it up with air fresheners. He had like four air fresheners hanging from his mirror so obviously like the comments coming back from his rides have <laughs> all been like this guy stinks and so it's like every time Not he got disturbing. one i think he stopped at like uh you know
0: pet boys and bought a new air Kogo's,
1: freshener got a new stupid air freshener and none of them matched like at least stick with the same scent dude right it just smelled like bo and black licorice <laughs>
0: Bob Seger is still recovering from a back injury that forced him to cut short his 2017 tour in support of his latest album, I Knew You When. In a recent interview, he was asked about releasing an album at the age of 72, and he said he thought he'd be done by 30 and just riding a motorcycle across Europe. When asked if Bruce Springsteen's Jungle Land inspired him to write Night Moves because it had two bridges, he replied emphatically, yes, adding that it took him six months to write the song. Uh, or the album. Finally, Seeger vowed to begin playing music again as soon as the pain in his back and legs uh, is all gone. So, do we know what he had seventy-two years old?
1: What, what surgery?
0: I thought he had like surgery in his neck, cervical spine. Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, there for an ankle injury.
0: Glad I got to see him when he was here last September.
1: Because I've, I, I think you may be right even if he gets to the point where he feels better, he was kind of okay with not touring before an injury. Mm-hmm. And I know that he has to honor those dates and he wants to honor those dates for his fans. Um, but, boy, it just seems like he's not...
0: Well, you're if you're 72 and you... That's major surgery, right?
1: Oh, it's big-time surgery. But
0: And we think people would understand if you don't go back out on the road. How
3: mobile is he on stage? Like, is he running all over the place? Like Mick uh, Jagger, or is he pretty no.
1: stationary? No, no, dude. He wears dad jeans and a headband.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. I've seen the pictures. It's
1: awesome. It looks like Mark Madden <laughs> really with a guitar. Does.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but does Mark he, I Madden mean, could go out on the he, road. He's, he's pretty stationary. He, he stays moves put. around.
0: He doesn't, like, wear a neck, didn't wear a neck brace or anything on stage, but he's They not, don't bring him out with a dolly? No, he's not okay. as active as Mick Jagger, who and, does a lot of, I think, exercise and yoga and stuff like that yeah
1: i don't know how mick jagger does what he does i well he's that he weighs is, about
0: 90 pounds too so
1: yeah but how does he not how is he not arthritic like he, he he works Good out genes. like a professional athlete into maybe his 70s why. oh man he, he, he his you know genealogy is as remarkable as keith keith richards and maybe more so The fact that he's able to move the way he does. I mean, Paul McCartney's pretty incredible, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. I don't know. Some of those guys have figured it out. Yeah, Paul McCartney's about to drop a new album. In their 70s. We didn't go over some of the year-end lists before the break. Rolling Stone put out a list of their 10 best movies of the year, and you may still be able to squeeze some of these in if you haven't seen them before the the Awards shows begin airing. Number 10 on their list, Phantom Thread, which... I didn't think I heard of, but I read the description, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't care about that movie. <laughs> it's a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. It opened on Christmas Day. Yeah. He is a dressmaker in post-war London who falls in love with someone he makes a dress for. Oh
1: uh, yes. Uh, I never Taylor's heard of that movie. Time. A ghost... I think it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, isn't it?
0: Is that it or is a ghost story? Because I, w- I was reading all of these synopses that I didn't remember. A ghost story, another movie I don't remember, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Uh, That was out, I think, last summer. Detroit, a fact-based movie about the civil unrest there in the late 60s. The Shape of Water is number seven. Lady Bird, The Post, which is the new Meryl Streep, Tom Tom Hanks movie. Okay. Uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Number three is Call Me By Your Name. Get Out is number two, and Dunkirk is number one.
3: I want to see Dunkirk. Mm -hmm. Get Out was great.
0: I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, that was really good haven't seen I Dunkirk I want to see lady bird I heard it was great um the it is
0: good I think because I like I started watching our movies and I watched the Florida project was that's the, the, the one
1: th- that's supposed to be just incredible
0: yeah the, that was the first one I watched so I think everyone after that's kind of been like yeah it's good
3: <laughs> is it super heavy like everything last year it's
0: um the Florida project is depressing because Yay. of of what it you know, what represents in society. Dumb and but. Dumber
1: doesn't usually get on the Oscar nom, <laughs> you know, list. It's well, snubbed. But okay. the
0: big sick is nominated and I, I love that movie. It's great. I haven't oh, seen yeah, it.
3: Oh yeah, that yet. movie's awesome.
1: I really liked it.
0: Um Ma-la-la. what else is? The Darkest Hour is one of our movies. Call me by your name. I Tanya. I Tanya.
3: Really which see that. Which Pursuita
0: said was great. I haven't seen it yet, but
3: Yeah Mike said it was hilarious. Which I wasn't expecting. <laughs>
1: He also Should thought Dunkirk comedy. was hilarious. So, yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> uh, Entertainment Weekly put out their list of the 10 best TV shows of 2017. Mr. Robot number 10.
1: I gave up on it after it? Oh, season one because season two confused me.
0: American Crime, DuckTales on Disney.
1: Excellent. I gave up on DuckTales <laughs> season two. It confused you.
0: The Handmaid's Tale. I think that's a Hulu.
6: Yeah, that's on the list. Cardell
1: loves that movie. Every time we talk about TV, Cardell's like, guys, you got to watch A Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, it's weird that you keep recommending this.
0: (laughs) Insecure on HBO.
1: I couldn't get into that show.
0: What is that about?
1: People that are insecure. It's the Uh, dating show, The Woman in uh, uh, Los Angeles.
0: Is she the one that used to be in um, Louis C.K.'s series? No. What is that show? Don't know. You know the woman.
1: Oh, yeah. no, Pamela Adlon. Better From things. Oh, I really okay. like that one. yeah, I really like better things.
0: uh, Rick and Morty on Adult Swim.
1: The fans turned me off of Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's like Wilco. It's like, I bet I'd like it, but the fans are driving me up the wall.
0: The good place, which I think is that Ted Danson
1: uh, I watched series. a couple episodes of it. It's a really clever premise, yeah, yeah,
0: big little lies. Twin Peaks, The Return, and Glow is number one from Netflix.
1: By the way, I watched Mindhunter. I loved Mindhunter. It didn't... I didn't like it.
0: See, I liked it, but it just made me so, like... It took me to a dark place. Oh, yeah.
1: It it definitely takes you to a dark place, but the fact that it's surrounded by Pittsburgh, like, that it's all... You know, yeah. it's all filmed around here, and there's that dark place. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that feeling.
0: But I just thought, uh, not maybe, the
1: killing people part, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna it say, made me no, think the aesthetic, wintry,
0: dark. Know, everything's
1: yeah. yeah, it's dark all the time, and
0: not vivid colors. Uh, it just made me think everyone is a deviant, and so I...
1: it I has thought, that silence of the lambs feel to it. Yeah, but bit. worse. You think it's worse? Uh,
0: more, more. It just made me feel more. uh
1: the That's interviews like with the serial the killers are, are... The
0: shoe scene! See, we I didn't mean... get to that yeah.
3: part. Like, we didn't get to the serial killer interview part. We just couldn't get over like the acting. I didn't like the main
1: guy. Now you'll have that.
0: Forecast today, uh, the wind chill advisory remains in effect until noon. Increasing clouds mid-20s for the high today. Drop it at 10 overnight tonight. It's 5 degrees at DVE.
4: Oh,
1: the Steelers season of 2017 has been one long soap opera. We're going to take you on a ride through the Steelers soap opera. When we come back, Mike Prasut will join us here in studio as well. All of the subplots, week to week, you can't believe how much the Steelers were able to pack into one... Year of football One season This is This should be on Netflix It's been entertaining Distracting And yeah these are not There's some football here And some bike stealing And some Gatorade Cooler fighting And some Tequila cowboying The days of our Steelers lives When we return On DV It is the DVE Morning Show. Your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5, DVE, and this has been... The Days of Our Steelers' Lives. For the entirety of the 2017 season, all the way from before things started off uh, when, in La Trobe, there was controversy, there were subplots, drama. there was Drama. Everywhere you went, and it started, Mike Pursuta, with on Bell's holdout. Now, he claimed, "Just business, no hard feelings at the time."
7: Not at all, you know. I mean, obviously, every you no know, football is you know more than just a sport. You know, obviously, there's a little business behind it. You know, so there's no hard feelings. You know, I, mean, I came in here, everybody's happy. Um, you know, and we're ready to get back to, you know, to the season and win Super Bowl.
1: All right, so he's ready to get back at it, and they play their first game against the Browns, and Lev Bell comes out and runs for 12 th- yards. 32 <laughs> yards on 10 carries. <laughs> and the controversy begins. Did, did his holdout cause Le'Veon Bell to stink? How long is it going to take to get him going? So that was our first drama.
8: Yeah, I think you throw in there, too, the fear that he injures himself early in the season because he was not prepared in camp.
1: Right. So that was the first... That was hanging over everybody's head for about a month. That was the first thing that we fixated on as Steeler fans. Then week two, Steelers play the Vikings. They get a win. Everything seems to be okay.
0: This music is killing me.
1: Then (laughs) comes week three. In all hell breaks loose is our insane narcissistic president taunts NFL players teams react all over the league the Steelers think they come up with a plan Chicago to mitigate alas this was not a well-executed plan at that moment you know it was the decision
11: of do you walk out of the national anthem and join your teammates I know that would have looked extremely bad uh, or you know, do you as, as as a team do you start moving halfway through the national anthem? So essentially, what we can get out of this is that we butchered our plan to sort of have a response uh, for the national anthem and respect everyone's opinions.
1: Fubar. The Steelers would eventually come back from that, I think, because they had so many other controversies to deal with. <laughs> starting a week later, when star receiver Antonio Brown, unhappy with not getting the ball, throws a tantrum on the sidelines for the Ravens game and throws a Gatorade cooler. Emotions are capable of getting away
10: from you. It doesn't need to happen. It shouldn't happen. Um, Hopefully it won't move him forward. Hopefully he's learned a lesson um, through that. Hopefully others have learned a lesson through that. I think that's one of the things that you really got to focus on when you talk about something like that. We got young people on our team They need to be taught good things, good lessons, uh, ways to conduct themselves as professionals. Uh, We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. He made a mistake. I'm sure he's ready to move on from it. But I also think there's a lesson to be learned or a lesson to be taught there, and I hope that uh, he addresses that element of it as well as he moves
1: forward. And then that was a, uh, a litany of, is he worth it? Is he a good teammate? Antonio Brown. Distraction?
3: footnote on that just for context sake after the game in Chicago Lev I think that's the game Lev Bell said we should have run the ball more the next game in Baltimore he ran for like 144 yards I thought he
1: said we should have run more after the Jaguars game a 30 to 9 trouncing from the Jaguars at home Ben Roethlisberger that was the game Ben said Maybe I don't, don't have it I don't think so, but maybe I am. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Drama. Drama. <laughs> so much drama. And yet we're only on the f- the first week of October. All right, move ahead. You got the Chiefs And game. that of course, his retirement speculation right,
8: was front and center at that time. It was, oh, maybe your heart's not in it.
1: Maybe your heart's not in it. Then everyone was maybe wondering. Maybe that's why you're throwing five picks. Right. Move ahead to the next week. They beat the Chiefs, 19 to 13. All of a sudden, everyone's going, "Hey, all right, maybe they don't stink. Maybe they can do this without Dram... No, but the Bengals game, the Steelers win the next week, 29 to 14, and Martavis Bryant lights up a fan on Instagram who claims that Juju is better than him, and he demands a trade. I don't know what happens in the interim, but somehow we get to this point. I'm not traded. I'm gonna work my butt off here, and whatever
10: happens, happens. You know, you're not gonna hear me complaining nothing no more. I'm just gonna be quiet and let everything fall in place.
1: Okay. Now, several social media posts later, (laughs) an absolute nightmare. The town is falling in love with Juju at the time. Now, Martavis can't help but feel jealous about this. He felt jealousy. when Juju was drafted, started teeing off on Sammy Coates and said, that's your ticket out, not mine, buddy. Good call, by the way. All he, he was right Artavis, about he was, he, he was factually was, correct. <laughs> he was right. But as we're falling in love with Juju and he's filming himself riding his bike around town, tragedy strikes. Somebody
7: steals Juju's bike.
1: Juju, you upset your $800 bike only got $200 on the street?
7: <laughs> very, I was very upset. I was like, man, how are they going to disrespect my bike like that? Like... R-E-I, my ghost bike $800 bike and sold it for 200 Are you yeah. following your own bike on Twitter now? Yeah, now I am you are? Okay. Yeah, my bike got a Twitter My bike got an Instagram
1: Yeah, the town <laughs> went crazy Trying to find Juju's bike they, The uh, uh, the guy named DJ comes forward with it. it It became such a big story In the league That when he scored against the Lions The, the next weekend The Spanish announcers referenced it Candelera
8: en Fourfield. Tercera. Nueve por avanzar.
7: en al aire, ven. Ahí está. Yuyu, Yuyu, se va Yuyu, se va. Se sube la bicicleta. A la veinte, a la (risa) (risa) diez. ¡Duckstown! Se sigue estrenando Yuyu Smith-Schuster. Fernando en su primer partido como titular en el... Equipo de Pittsburgh. Impresionante pase de 98 yardas Fernando para Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> subió a la bicicleta, Julius.
1: Yeah, he went on the sidelines and <laughs> <laughs> rode. You rode the bike on the sidelines. You're chained up the bike on the sidelines. Like and nervous. wasn't
3: Martavis suspended for that game because he missed meetings and. Yes, he was. Acting More out. More drama. He didn't
8: make that trip to, to Detroit. He, no, he, mi- was, he was on the sideline. Or was he?
1: Okay. He, he missed the Monday Wasn't meetings dressed. after his Instagram meltdown right. and claimed he, he was, was sick.
8: sick. Yeah, you know a lot of stuff going around back then.
1: Right. So the, the drama continues to swirl. Juju, by the way, uh, adds to the intrigue. Of the guy that brought his bike back by revealing in a late interview on the NFL Network, somebody <laughs> bought oh the God. bike off That's of somebody on the street. Yeah, That's the somebody story Somebody said here? he
7: bought it, but I don't think he bought it. He uh, he turned it in, and he asked for the uh, you know the two hundred dollars that he you know he used the so money to buy he didn't it. He you did ask you for his, his money back. No, because he he got arrested two days later for, for stealing more bikes. DJ, the guy who stole
1: Juju's bike <laughs> or gave it back, apparently also stole it. A subplot that uh, everybody saw coming. Okay, so now the Steelers, they beat the Lions 20-15. to 15. They get a bye week. They come back and face the Colts and start off molasses slow. And is this the week that Todd Haley is screaming at Ben Roethlisberger on the sidelines and then claims, no, 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 I wasn't yelling at Ben. I was yelling at someone else. I wasn't
9: yelling at Ben. That, uh... I had two of my daughters uh send me the clip and say, Dad, what why are were you yelling at him? I'm like, I wasn't yelling at Ben, I was yelling at an unnamed coach that I won't talk about right now.
0: <laughs> That's why he's unnamed.
1: One of those coordinators, his name is Danny Ben Smith. So the Steelers. They beat the uh the Colts there. Twenty to seventeen. Thanks to uh the boss. Then Sunday night football, I believe, against, or was a Monday night against the Titans? It's Thursday night. Thursday night. I knew it was a night. They absolutely demolished them. A big test, a lot of people said, for the Steelers. So all of a sudden, okay. Drama free. Juju's got his bike. Martavis is finally happy. 40-17 to beat down the following weekend. Somehow. I don't know how. They let Brett Hundley look like a real NFL quarterback after he couldn't score at home. Boswell comes to the rescue, 31-28, and everyone's going, hey, what the hell's going on with the defense? We got a big NFC North matchup next week against the Bengals. This would become a game that no Steeler fan will ever forget mostly because of what happened with Ryan Shazier and his injury. And we're still waiting and praying and hoping for an outcome there that sees Ryan Shazier walking again and healthy. Football is, so far, a secondary thought at this point. But the level of violence in this game got a lot of people talking. There were suspensions. There were fines. This was as drama-filled as it could be. Juju gets suspended for standing over perfect after absolutely lighting him up. And Antonio Brown in the background in this clip claiming, well, that's what you get.
10: That's not me. You know, it's I should never karma. stood over
7: him. I apologize for that. And it's with, that, karma. with
10: that with that, being said, um,
2: I hope karma. he gets better.
1: Karma.
10: Karma is karma. You know, uh, karma is is in life. You know, you do the wrong things, you get the wrong things happening. It's not. It's not personal between no one. You know, karma could be on you guys if you do the wrong thing. So be
1: careful. So then, Juju's fine is upheld. His suspension is upheld. He gets the same suspension as Gronk for his egregious hit on a Buffalo Bills defensive player the week before. After the play, George Ilocos' suspension and fine, not that was uh, revoked. Right? That was overturned. Yeah. And that co- – go ahead, Mike. I thought it was down from two to one, right? Is that what it was? No, it was one to none. I don't know. Fine. But this caused more drama because Mike Mitchell, who didn't even play in that game, went off.
10: end of the day, this is football. If you want to see flag football, then let's take our pads off. That would make it easier for me because I don't got to wear heavy <laughs> But give us flags for me to pull off because that way I know what we're playing. You know, I signed up to play full-speed contact football, and we're not doing that. I feel like I got to ask a guy, hey, are you ready for me to hit you right now before I hit you? And that's crazy. I'm going to mess around and get hurt trying to protect an offensive player because he's running an over route. Damn it, your quarterback shouldn't have threw that ball messed up. That happened two years ago. That's, I, I'm, I'm not joking at all. Andy Dalton threw a ball to Tyler Eifert two years ago. Tyler Eifert had to dive for it. I was aiming for his gut. But if he don't dive, he don't get in the head. That's 50 grand out of my pocket, though.
1: Now, so Mike Mitchell, that we were talking about that for a long time. That rant went on and on and on.
8: The good news is he eventually donated to Andy Dalton's charity.
1: Steelers facing throwing the, a bad ball. The Ravens the next week. They get a thirty nine to thirty eight victory, a late night W at home. What a win it was! Boswell once again comes through. Drama. The Patriots come to town. In the week leading up to that Patriots game, James Harrison posted this on his Instagram. What was it? What was the exercise he's doing here?
3: Uh, he was doing you know, he had these hundred and fifty pound dumbbells. He was doing incline and then a decreased incline and then a flat bench. They
2: got this standing on the sideline. What's the hell wrong with them?
10: What's wrong with them? They got this standing
1: on the sideline. What's wrong with it? They got this standing on the sideline.
3: First time he vocally was complaining to his
1: following. Steelers cut him. Patriots pick him up. The rest is yet to come. But his teammates, not exactly thrilled at first when he left. Mike, it was all oh, what a great career. <laughs> but then Marquise Pouncey, upon hearing he signs with the Patriots.
5: Uh, speaking of team MVPs, you don't have to erase James's from the record books now that he went to New England, do you? Like he, he erased he, himself, he erased his own legacy here. I
7: Let's be serious.
5: race the legacy, really? It's pretty strong. You don't think so? And uh, You tell me. It's your locker room. Okay? I, mean, I, mean, I would think so as a fan. For,
7: it's crazy. It blows my mind.
1: Yeah. Which brings us to Steelers-Browns. They solidify a winless season for the hapless Browns. 0-16.
3: Just barely.
1: On New Year's Eve. Offensive coordinator Todd Haley pops up again in the drama Richter scale by reportedly going to Tequila Cowboy with his wife on New Year's Eve and conflicting reports. Either his wife got in a fight or Todd Haley was pushed down outside. I'm not sure exactly what happened. This was reported yesterday, NFL Network. There is a little more to
3: the story. I'm told that Todd Haley was actually involved in two instances of on
5: New Year's Eve at a Pittsburgh-area bar, actually right near the, near the stadium. First of all, according to a Pittsburgh police spokesman, there was a minor scuffle involving
3: Todd, Haley, uh, Todd, Haley, uh, Todd Haley's wife. That happened inside the bar. There were no injuries for Haley there. Outside the bar, I'm told, Haley was shoved to the ground by a person who has not yet been identified. Danny Smith. At that point, he suffered an injury to his hip,
5: And it is not known at this point whether or not Haley is going to be able to be on the sidelines or if he'll have to be in the booth uh, for the playoff game coming up in a couple weeks.
3: Police have been involved and are looking into this.
8: Does anybody know where
3: Ben was New Year's Eve? I was just going to (laughs) say, the man has been identified as Ross
1: Township's Ken Yothlisberger. And now... The Steelers are the number two seed in the AFC with a bye week looking very much like they'll face the Jaguars and then hopefully the Patriots in Boston for the most drama filled season in Steelers history.
0: I think the Todd Haley incident is a good sign. Why is that? Well, we've had drama all season, so heading into the playoffs, yeah, keep the drama keep coming. We alive. had a great season.
1: If also, drama might is. Get the, him up in the booth. let off
3: the sideline, yeah, which that, Ben will probably be excited about.
1: If drama is the gas that this car has been uh, fueled by, well.
0: Keep it coming.
1: We got a lot of gas to go. Mike Persuda with a recap of last night's Pens game when we come back. Jerry Dulac next hour. And Mark Madden. Oh! The drama. It is the DVU Morning Show. Mike Persuda, the quick sports update for you right now. The Pens at uh, Philly last night, and they took it to the Flyers.
8: They did, but uh, let's uh, back up to where we just were with all the drama. All the drama. So much drama. Uh, I talked with Ramon Foster about that last week, and okay. uh, Ramon Foster said that uh because of all the drama, that's how it's pretty easy to identify the, uh, well, the identifying characteristics of your
7: 2017 Steelers. How how resilient guys have been, how guys have stepped up, the characteristics is hard nose, um, Focus. As you know, we've had a lot of stuff go on. Um, on and off the field and guys have just pushed through like it was nothing. So, focus, man. Uh, better than... Uh-huh. Most years I've ever seen, it's probably one of the closest teams. Offense and defense together, like in special teams. Guys genuinely talking like each other. Again, this was last week. We we're talking before the Browns
8: game. When he says they've had a lot of stuff going on, as we just heard, they had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, he's not exaggerating. We have. And you're twelve and three.
7: And we're f- twelve and three. It <laughs> doesn't mean anything unless we keep it going. But damn, it ain't many other teams that could have sustained that. Lose a player here and there. A breaking story here and there. And guys that fought through. People thought we was going to fall or it's not been an easy, clean win. We've gotten it done, though. How do you count for that? Why this year? Mentality, keeping a lot of the core together, um, guys understanding the roles, guys just understanding what's in front of us. And, just nothing. and then thirdly, is just pure skill. I think you look at our roster compared to other teams roster, we we kinda sweep the board in a lot of a lot of position. But once again, none of that means nothing. We can't finish it.
8: I don't know if you necessarily choose to go through everything you went through, but you're better coming out the other end of it. You
7: know what? It doesn't I don't think it's bothered anybody. Something might have lingered like on the off day Monday, Tuesday became but Wednesday. Like, when practice started, it ended for us all. Um, And that's, to say I'm glad we went through it, I think it shows a testament to, to how mentally strong guys are and how guys realize that the only thing that can stop us is us. And did it maybe foster some of that closeness you referenced? I think so. I think so because it was a few times this year where it felt like it was us against everybody. And I think that builds toughness. It brings tightness. You feel thick as thieves, and I hate to put it in that context, but in this, with so many moving parts, you have to be thick. And that's why I said, like, the offense and the defense and the special teams have really, they actually like each other. You know, guys communicate off the field. There are so many group chats of offensive players with defensive players or, you know, the communication we have with the specialists. It's not like, hey, it's, it's closer than I've ever seen. Half of it was self-inflicted. Yeah. Yeah. But they still had to deal with it, and they should have been derailed
8: by now. Right. All this crap. It's remarkable. Instead,
3: we're headed towards an AFC championship. The Thieves versus the Cheaters. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Line (laughs) them up. And now they're 13-3. Incredible. I think the biggest obstacle for them this year, especially on the field, was Shazier. I mean, overcoming that injury, the way that just the – The leadership that he provided for the team and his playmaking ability. I
2: mean,
3: that's – in my mind,
8: that's like their best defensive player. Oh, I think in everybody's mind. But I think the nature of that injury, too. It's not like, all right, he blew a knee, but he's going to get surgery and he'll be back next year. Or he's got a high ankle sprain and he might be back for the playoffs. There's, There's so much uncertainty regarding Ryan Chazier's future, and I think that weighs on everybody. Yeah. 50 reasons to win. Maybe, maybe it takes a year like this. you got to go through this to be able to beat New England when it counts.
1: Maybe. Well, that's a good point. I mean, they definitely have been dealing with a lot of adversity. He said,
8: you know, closest team he's ever seen. The, the offensive and defensive players actually talk to each other.
1: <laughs> that's funny. Wow.
8: Who knew?
3: <laughs> Steelers, right now. I don't think they, I don't think they texted James Harrison. Much,
1: I just don't. That will continue to confound me because it just seems like the Steelers just made it hard on themselves. Why didn't they just put him on the shelf? Go, go!
8: Uh, because they don't think he can help New England. They don't care. the The players are offended that he signed there. the The front office slash management couldn't care less. I'm not saying that's the way they they should be viewing it, but that's the way they view it. I mean, Teddy
1: Bruschi had this to say.
8: Now, I'm not clear about the um, be ready, be in shape, we might bring you back type of thing. And then he says they didn't call, but New England called. So
10: he obviously picked up the phone when New England called and accepted. But I'll tell you one thing. From what I know how it goes with the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wouldn't be caught dead in a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform. I respect the organization, but that's how it was back then. That
6: 03, 04, 2001, those AFC Championship games. It's how strongly that rivalry was felt. So I understand the feelings of the Pittsburgh Steeler players saying, probably thinking, mm-hmm. "How could you go over there, man?" But
10: I also understand. I understand. I want to play.
3: You want to play three more games more than your legacy? Like I,
1: I don't know. I don't get that part. Yeah, it's not the beginning of the year. I just pisses me off. Val, uh, you got news coming up here.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about the traits you need to live a long life. And would you discuss your salary with a co-worker? We'll talk about the new trend increasing clouds mid-20s today. It's five at DVE.
1: Maybe you can discuss 1000 bucks in workforce cash you're going to win on DVE. Your chance to win that 1000 bucks coming up next. I liked how uh, I I did this too, and I, I think a lot of people uh, use the same approach with Atkins. Like, what is it? All you do is eat meat. I got it. <laughs> sure. No, no, I don't need to read oh, it, anything more about it. No, no, I
3: got it. Just eat meat. Sure. My buddy did that for like three weeks, and we had just we were all roommates at the time, and we had just gotten like a sleeve of hamburgers from like Costco or something. He just ate all the hamburgers. <laughs> Yes. And then was off the diet. He's no, like, dude, funny. you just ate all the hamburgers. <laughs>
1: that's all you did. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. All right, Val Porter with your news and other stuff right now on a balmy Not January yet. 3rd. What's the temperature right now? It will
0: be. It's five degrees. <laughs> oh, my. God. But it's going to be in the 20s today. That's fine. Hey. So here's the Channel hey, 11 Severe Weather Center out. forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Well, then. Uh... Channel two is on the television here. It says one degree. It's
3: so tough because you can't tell like the kids have delays. They're, a, they're another delay this morning and they want to go outside and you they don't understand frostbite. Yet. Too cold. You're yeah. like, yeah, I w- I'd love to take you sledding. Is it worth losing one of your cute little hands? <laughs> That's a nice little button nose you got there. You want to keep
1: it? That is the drag. You can't go outside. Yeah, it's just too cold.
0: A South Los Angeles man heads to court today on charges. He was behind a swatting call that led to the death of a man in Kansas. Tyler Barris was arrested last Friday, and prosecutors are looking to extradite him back to Kansas. Barris is accused of calling police in Wichita last week and making a phony report there had been a shooting and kidnapping at a home in that city. A SWAT team showed up at that home and fatally shot Andrew Finch, who was seen inside when police thought Finch was going for a gun, he was actually unarmed. Several online reports say the swatting call was the result of an online video game dispute. Would you ever discuss your salary with a coworker? 30% of workers between 18 and 36 have shared their salary information with a co-worker, but only 8% of those between 53 and 71 have done it. Business Insider came up with six possible reasons younger people are way more open about their salary. They say it's because they've been taught to collaborate rather than compete.
3: And they make no money. Yeah, they don't make any money.
0: They also value transparency. They value fairness and equality more than older generations. In general, they are not as selfish, they say. They also think hmm. it's because everyone of that age has massive amounts of student debt, so it's easier to relate to each other and feel like, feel like you're all at it together. And finally, Business Insider says companies are more open about salaries. The new school of thought is that being transparent with salary information reduces tension and improves performance. <laughs> I would disagree. <laughs> uh, the social media company Buffer even makes their salaries available to the public. So not just the the coworkers, but everybody can see how much people there make. Seems a lot of married women are worried about their husband's sexuality, according to Seth Stevens-Davidowitz, <laughs> author of the book Everybody Lies, which uses Google data to reveal what Americans are really thinking. Women are eight times more likely to ask Google if their husband is gay than if he's an alcoholic, and they're <laughs> ten times more likely to ask Google if their husband is gay than if he's depressed.
1: Is he a gayaholic?
0: <laughs> is
3: Google? Is my husband a pillow butter?
1: <laughs> Alexa, is my husband depressed? Yes. Why? He's gay. Oh, huh? What?
0: Want to live that's a long a, life? That's a strange thing,
1: though. Why? I, like, that's
3: a weird thing that? to ask Google. Why don't you ask him? Right. Excuse me, husband. Are you gay? <laughs>
0: Want to live a long life? Well, then you should be positively stubborn. The new study looked at people who were at least 90 years old to try to figure out what traits they had in common, which they believed were traits that were tied to living a longer life. The five main traits they found, a positive, optimistic attitude, stubbornness, a strong work ethic, living a rural life and loving it, a strong connection with family and religion, also on the list researchers say those are so powerful those factors are so powerful they can even overcome genetics when in terms of living a long life
1: wow <laughs> well that's
3: stubbornness
0: yeah
1: looks like i better move to the country or... and <laughs> my family join me i'm in trouble
0: Mike Tyson has broken ground on a 40-acre farm he's calling Tyson Ranch. He plans to grow high-quality marijuana on the land, manufacture edibles, sell fertilizer and create a vacation resort for pot smokers. As a pro fighter, Tyson tested positive for marijuana and was fined 200 grand for it. Apparently because he liked to get stoned before getting in the ring, he cheated on drug tests using a Yeah, to give clean urine samples. But, did uh, Evander
3: Holyfield have like peanut butter on his ear or
0: something? Now that uh... dude, I'm super
1: high. That that ear looks tasty. <laughs> he just did like the Bugs Bunny thing, where his, his ear just turned into a Dorito. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Paris Hilton's getting married. She said yes when her boyfriend of two years, Chris Zilka, dropped oh. on one knee. The model and actor presented uh, Paris with a huge, and I mean huge, twenty-carat pear-shaped diamond during a skiing oh, trip in aspen
3: that's practical
0: it pretty i don't even know how you wear something like that out in public
3: she shouldn't
0: it covered her whole first knuckle
1: i have a knuckle joke and i'm not yeah. going there
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: just biting my tongue Jeez. sitting on my hands doing all that
1: I, yeah, I'm not going to say <laughs> no. it. I was so no. close, but it's no. a new year. New, yeah, you. new year. Yeah, I don't need to make. Uh, no more knuckle jokes. No more knuckle, in knuckle jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that wind chill advisory is in effect until noon today. We will see increasing clouds, temperatures all the way up in the mid 20s today. Oh, okay. Woo. Dropping to 10 overnight. It's uh, one degree, two, three, four, somewhere around there right now.
1: Jerry Dulac joining us right now from the Pittsburgh Post. because that part of the Pittsburgh Steeler? radio network and uh i am still first of all happy new year good to see you you sure. warm in the studio from you, last night i should have just stayed you were here with stefan
9: tuitt yes uh, he was in second hour last night what so. are
1: his thoughts on the harrison situation
9: well um you know, and I,
1: I I've been harping on this a lot because you know just this is the first two days I've had to talk about right, it right coming yeah. back I I right. am uh, mm-hmm. in disbelief about it, still. In those, it during those fifty five
9: inches you just you just wanted to to vent and give your opinion you should have uh,
1: called in should have called into the show uh, uh,
9: Randy <laughs> yeah, and Erie yeah yeah go ahead you got Stefan
1: <laughs> to it yeah we were snowed in but I was uh, trying to avoid it 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 uh, it was unavoidable oh boy yeah. I and I hope that. My uh, uh, consternation over this is all for naught. Like it won't matter. But to me, it's you're seems worried like, about the New England Well, why, why again? would yeah. you even leave there a, a chance that he can make them better? What, why would you do anything to allow the Patriots to get well
9: an inch better? What was a little uh, uh, confusing to me was, uh, you know, after talking with James and and his, you know. After the New England game, the, when he said, uh, he was told that week, get ready, you're going to play a lot. And then he doesn't play a snap. And then he went to Mike Tomlin on Monday and said, look, you're not going to play me, release me. It wasn't, you know, he just that was his point all along. You know, I get it. You want to play the young guys? I get it. You go your way, I'll go mine, and we'll let's part ways. And he says, he says, no, no, I'd be absolutely crazy to do that if we have an injury. And then five days later, then he releases him.
3: I read that when you wrote that, and I just what what happened? Yeah, in that time period, I, I,
9: I don't know, I don't know, because nothing had changed. James, it was the third time he asked him for his release, and it was basically the third time they said no, 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 uh, and uh, but in in you know go, then on Saturday uh, they release him, and you know where I take umbrage. I was listening to your clip on Teddy Bruschi. I was unaware he said that. And Mike Mitchell said this too, and I'm not picking on Mike Mitchell, but Mike Mitchell said, I wouldn't go there for $59,000. Can't, you can't say that if you're not in that position. You have been, you are let go. You are now unemployed. You have great pride in your preparation and your work. And a Super Bowl winning team who has another chance to win a Super Bowl calls you and says, We need you. Guess what? You'd go for 29000 That's but the, a Super Bowl team.
1: But I, I think that people are looking at it. I know how they're looking at it. That <laughs> he engineered his his release that's, so he could go join that team. Ballone.
9: That is such baloney. That is, I mean, that, that,
1: You don't believe he was a
3: poor teammate like some of the guys were saying, sleeping in meetings, snoring in meetings. Leaving.
1: Leaving the, uh, leaving the uh, premises. Leaving the, so I'm not saying leaving I
3: don't the believe
9: town. I don't, hey, look, I'm not saying none of that happened. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just telling them the way he felt. And, and if that's what happened, uh, you know, okay. I'll tell you what, some of the guys who complained about him sleeping in meetings play like they sleep in meetings, if you ask me. Well, I mm-hmm. think they have yeah. no ground to say that. Bud Dupree
1: do. shouldn't
5: say Absolutely. anything about and
9: anybody. And for him to say that he wasn't mentored by James Harrison, let me back it up to 2015 when James Harrison took all the linebackers to Arizona for four weeks to train with him and to live with him. I'd call that mentoring. Guess who didn't go? Bud Dupree. And then he says, um, uh, you know, that James Harrison didn't go to visit Ryan Shazier with the other linebackers. The, the implication to the average person is that he didn't go at all, as though he's unsympathetic and uncaring. Now that's a whole other animal. You know, that's attacking a person's character. That's not true. He did go. He went with Marquise Pouncey. He was the guy, if you recall, came out in the game uh, after that without his shirt as a tribute and a salute to Ryan Shazier. Right. So that was not only un." unfair it was untrue so that was the problem i had
1: with some of those things that were said so yeah,
3: that was off topic i thought oh, of course it was you know, it was unnecessary. unnecessary all right it yeah. was uh, unnecessary. bud
1: dupree i think everyone can agree was probably not the the person who should have been speaking on behalf of well, the team but marquise pouncey certainly has earned that right and he did not pull any punches right, do right. you think james harrison is surprised at the backlash he got from Marquise Pouncey I, I, I think as a representative from, of the team.
9: I think from Marquise because he's friendly with them. And this is a guy who, Marquise Pouncey, talks about how much he loves James Harrison a month or two earlier. So, yeah, he probably was. Um, but he knew what, he, you know, when I talked to him, he was unaware of what he said. But then I texted him what he what he had said. And, uh, you know, he he didn't want to lash back. He just, all his point was, he said, these guys know how I felt since the preseason. He said it was not a surprise to anybody. Um, but, but look, what, what prompted all this, I don't know this, but I'm convinced of it, is there was a column. There were a couple things that were written, and there was a column Wednesday morning by Ron Cook who wrote that I am now a New England fan, I'm rooting for James Harrison. I want to see him play, blah, blah, blah. Are you blah. kidding me? No, 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 no. That's basically what he said. Go, Red Boat, go back and read it. No, thanks. And then I'm I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of you know, I, I'd like to see the Patriots win, or, you know, I might be stretching a little too far, but basically that was it. The st- the players then reacted. Why they reacted was not so much out of anger at James. I think they were defending their coach. Look, this wasn't about Mike Tomlin. This was about James Harrison forcing his way out of here, wanting to leave. That's what prompted that uh, that outburst by... Uh, so you by think Marcus Ron Wilson.
1: Cook is the reason I that think the it's team the imp- responded I think, as... I
9: think it's the impetus for them. They weren't ripping James. They were ripping James on way to defending Mike Tomlin. That's what was the impetus for that.
3: I, I know that just speaking from the fan standpoint, and especially the social media standpoint, as soon as he was released... The backlash was on the organization. Absolutely. How could they Absolutely. do this? How could they do Why this would player? they
9: do this this late in the year? And and to James Harrison's legacy that people want to allegedly trash, how's Rod Woodson's legacy after he signed with the Baltimore Ravens and won a Super Bowl? How's his legacy? How's Rod Woodson's legacy after going to the Oakland Raiders? Still pretty good, I would say. I don't think James Le- James Harrison's legacy right now is people upset because he went to New England. But James Harrison's legacy in this with that organization in this town is uh and that, that organization is pretty darn strong I
1: just don't understand Tomlin basically kept him on ice all year for the Patriots here no no I don't even think that because
9: look and and I've said this all along you can't keep a 39 year old on ice as though you're magically going to thaw him and go okay now go be James Harrison go be 2008 James Harrison. At 39 years old, he has to play, and he knows that. Um, I, 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 I just really believe that they were doing him a favor. They were carrying him for an opportunity to win the Super Bowl. You for know him who to get I blame ring. for and this? And I don't more than, blame them for it.
3: I, you know who I blame more than anybody? Me? Jarvis
9: Jones. Yeah, there you go. That's what calls If those. Jarvis
3: Jones would have been the sack master that he portrayed himself right. be to no be no in college, Harris. he wouldn't have come back after the Cincinnati stint, That's correct?
1: Right. That's right. That's right. So – would you say that James Harrison was the third best outside linebacker the Steelers had I will say this that the Steelers did not
9: believe that James Harrison could play at that level anymore especially the way they wanted to play and they didn't just discover this for the way they wanted to play they kind of knew that before the season they were going to play more he was man- not
1: going to be able to drop back that's he- right
9: and they know and they saw in the New England game when that happened that they picked on him and so they knew he wasn't going to play as much and then when you don't and when they tell him, no preseason, we don't want you practicing, you know, we don't want you getting hurt, you know the reps, you know the playbook. All that does is, is keeps him from trying to condition football condition uh, his, his body. body. And so then, you know, and after the Kansas City game, we saw he got in 15 snaps, he had that big sack at the end of the game. That um,
3: exchange he had with Mike Tomlin on the sideline after that game seems different now. Yeah, sure. In context, right. I, I thought it was just sort of a a good nature's. I I still got it kind of thing.
9: Yeah, it was probably and it, a little it different. It seems huh? a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Did you see? Did you see any of the highlights from the other day for the Jets game? Yeah. I did. did you see the? Uh, you see the open field tackles? Yeah, pretty, it was pretty good. I, it was. I was impressed. I was impressed. And again, you know, only got twenty seven snaps. I think he got. No, maybe more, thirty-one or something. Ten less than he got here all year. Yeah, fifteen. It's completely
1: irresponsible to do anything that you thought would make the the Patriots better. Right. I think. Right. Mike, you say they don't think he can make the Patriots better. That's uh, that's the take I'm getting. Boy, that's a hell of a gamble. Yeah, it is. Especially when there are other people on the roster that you could have dumped to manipulate easily. Yeah. Like, why did it have to be him? Dan
8: McCullers
9: isn't going to make them better. But Dan McCullers can't even get in uniform until the other day. J.J. Right?
8: Wilcox isn't going to make them better. Steelers can't play him on special teams anymore because he he's a penalty waiting to happen. So he doesn't dress. But... Justin Hunter is an afterthought. Why the do they do this? Is this
3: the losing side of the psychological warfare? Because I guarantee up in New England right uh, now, they're not talking no about
9: of, how no Stephen Ridley, how could they let the Steelers get Stephen Ridley? That was 2014. That was a long time ago. He has no. That has no impact on them, what he might have known about their playbook. This is a little bit different.
1: Well um, do you I don't put, think place any, any stock in that that James Harrison can go there and all right, here's all their secrets i i I really don't um,
9: I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm not aware of that ever happening. I've never heard a story from somebody who who they they think he's going to take the playbook and give it to him. Uh, they might ask him that week and you know in meetings, what do you think and he'll impart his you know his feelings or his wisdom or whatnot, but I don't think they say, "Hey, James, give us their give us their signals and this and that," because they'll they'll just change it up anyhow.
8: Yeah, they won't do it that way. But any little nugget of insight that can be gleaned,
9: yeah, right, right.
8: Belichick finds value in that. Absolutely, they, they scour websites and quote sheets and video, uh, watching a guy get interviewed on a team website just to see if something's going on in the background, uh, so they can get information on a guy who's injured or something, whatever. They can possibly, any, no detail is too small to them. And the other thing you got to consider about James Harrison is this. Remember the play in Tampa, the 100-yard interception. Yeah, I kind of remember that.
3: Vaguely. What what was the dynamic in that play? Well,
8: it started with he was supposed to rush on that, and it dropped into coverage instinctually. That's the kind of football player this guy is. He's a 15-year, oh, no played an unbelievably high caliber, understand the game, understand the situation, mm-hmm. understand your opponent, and react instinctively in situations that can make the difference. This is a guy, those, guys, those guys don't just get off the bus.
9: This is a guy who authored not only the greatest and longest play in Super Bowl history that Mike's referencing. He was, <clears throat> he was maybe responsible for one of the single greatest performances in NFL history in that game against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that uh, that night game. He had three and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, and an interception. Most of those in the first half. And that is... was the
8: leaping return game?
9: Yeah, no, no, the leaping return was over uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh, that's right. Uh, that interception, oh, yeah. that 33-yarder, which is one of the great plays, too. But that game against Baltimore is one of the greatest performances in NFL history. This guy. I don't think his legacy is gonna be tarnished. But I think I don't think there's any question at the forefront of this is a psychological ploy by the Patriots, like, okay, you know what, James? We'll take it. We'll take your great star. And and will you know, with them.
1: <laughs> I'm so pissed about this. Oh.
9: It's nice to see you guys back. Oh. Yeah, you know, I love uh, being in here with Val and Mike, but back. it's not the same
1: when you two are. No, yeah, right. We stink to join up. <laughs>
3: yeah, it smells worse
1: when we're in here. Yeah. Only one way to figure it out, Mike. And that's to make it to New England and take on the Patriots. Oh, that's happening. You know it's happening. Oh, I can't. This season has been so (laughs) drama-filled. It's divine intervention at this point. Jerry D., thanks so much. What do you got going on?
9: I got nothing now.
1: Because now you got a nice well, soft well, week.
9: Steeler Nation Radio went today and then Friday and then Monday back at the bottle shop. We haven't been there in about three weeks because of the holidays. And then we have Stefan as you know, every Tuesday night. which we It's really a great show. Right boy, here. is he yeah. good, huh? Yeah, he really is. He's a good dude. He's a good player. and yeah, he's, uh, You're not going to jump on a
1: plane, get down on Myrtle Beach uh, or something, nah, and go golf. You or... know what? I
9: can't lose my focus. But That's as right. As
1: soon as that season ends, yeah, buddy. I'll be heading south. Atta boy. <laughs> all right, quick break. We'll be right back. Mike Pursuta and Mark Madden. TV. <laughs> Sports. Mike Percudo with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike.
8: Sports is out brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. If you've been paying attention at all since Mike Sullivan took over as the head coach of the Penguins, you know what his kind of commandments of hockey are. He talks about them after almost every game, after about almost every practice. You hear him talking about... Uh, Play go to, the right way. And what's that involve? Go to the dirty areas. Get your nose over the puck. Be on the go right to, side to, of the puck. Uh, Be tough areas. to defend. Get bodies... And pucks to the net. All these little boxes that they're supposed to check each and every game. And if they do that, the majority of the time they're going to win. Well, one of them that uh, he doesn't talk about uh, maybe as much as the others is pushback. And that's when, when a game experiences a shift in momentum, Sullivan is adamant that the Penguins have to do something to go ahead and shift it back the other way. If a team... Starts to get the upper hand on them. You gotta, you gotta do something to take that away and get them back on their heels. And uh, what did we see last night in Philly? The Penguins get the first goal in what at the time was a scoreless tie. Phil Kessel on the power play at nine thirty-five of the second period, but the Flyers counter with a nice tipping goal at ten twenty-nine. So now all of a sudden it's one-one. The crowd's juiced. Philly's got the momentum. Right. The Penguins respond with Ryan Reeves at eleven oh nine. Connor Sherry at 11.49, Sherry. and Tom Kuhnhockle at 13.26. Bang, bang, bang. That's what you call pushback. That's what you call taking the momentum and turning it on its ear. I and, drink your milkshake. And the game uh, was pretty much over at that point. They shut it down in the third period and cruise eventually to a 5-1 to one victory. It was kind of game that uh, the Penguins consider themselves capable of playing when they're at their best kind of game we haven't seen from them very often this year, and the kind of game that maybe you can perceive as a turning point game for the Penguins. Mike Sullivan won't go uh, toward that last point just yet. He liked what he saw last night, but he needs to see it more often. Listen, we're trying to win the game right in front of us. You know, There's a a lot of hockey left, so we're just trying to get better as a team. We're trying to win that game right in front of us. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, we've been down this road a couple, three times previously this season where the Penguins Penguins had been struggling. Then they look good. They think, okay, now they've they've pivoted. That's a corner that's been turned. They're not there yet, but Ryan Reeves, who uh, believe it or not, had a goal and an assist, but no fight. He too missed the Gordie Howe hat trick. He thinks that uh, last night is definitely uh, a performance the Penguins can build upon.
4: I mean, it's definitely a confidence booster. I think uh, we definitely needed a game like that where you know the offense is clicking. We're playing good defense. Um, you know, it seemed like almost every every part of our game was clicking, so um, it's something to build off, but it, uh, you know, we've got to string a couple of those together. Now.
8: Yeah, they've got uh, Carolina, the Islanders, and Boston coming up. Carolina here Thursday at the Islanders Friday, and Boston here on Sunday. Carolina currently the second wild card in the Eastern Conference with 44 points. Then it's the Islanders with 44 and the Penguins with 43. So clearly all they have to do is treat the Hurricanes, Islanders, and Bruins, as if they were the Blue Jackets and the Flyers, and the Penguins will be fine.
4: You know, you, you want to bury your rivals. Um, you know, I think the last couple of rivalry games we, we definitely got out for, so um, uh, it's a good start. The next couple of weeks are huge for us. We play a lot of uh, divisional and conference uh, teams, and, uh, you know, we're, we're at the bottom looking up right now, so uh, we've we got to put a couple together against teams that we're chasing for sure.
8: Three more injuries last night. Carter Rowney, Brian Dumoulin, and Tristan Jerry all left the game injured. No update on those guys uh, last night from Sullivan in terms of their conditions, and no practice today. So stay tuned on that. Penn's hosting Carolina on Thursday. They looked like the Penguins last night. That's that's the simplest way I can put it.
1: Uh, You know, reserve uh, a little excitement there, given that. The Flyers aren't exactly tearing it up either.
8: Well, eight and four in December. The Penguins' New Year's resolution was to turn it on, and the Flyers had one point fewer than the Penguins at that juncture. So now they got three fewer. Activate the streak.
1: Well, yeah. To your point, one hot month sets the tone for them, and if they can do it in January, all the better. Yeah. Then you job one right now is going to be
8: solidify your playoff spot. Just. Win enough in a, in a relatively brief period of time to get yourself in the middle of the pack or toward the top of the pack instead of down at the bottom. And then The you- Pens are worrying me right now because
3: I have an inability to muster up anxiety about them, not playing well or anything. And I didn't think that that was in me. I thought every year I'd just be like, oh, God, what are they doing?
8: Well, maybe part of the problem is they have an inability to muster up anxiety in themselves. It's human nature. And you're thinking, we're fine. We're fine. How do you do it? We're fine. And then you drive over to Cliff and it's too late. (laughs) How do you win with a full belly?
3: Guys, let's do it again. Again.
1: You move forward. After you've moved forward. Everybody empty their belly. Get your nose over the puck. Get your nose over your belly.
8: Mike Tomlin's got uh, no opponent to worry about this week. So he's Phil not- Kessel
1: doesn't have a full belly, by the way. There's Never. no way. Plenty of room in the belly.
8: <laughs> uh, no opponent for the Steelers to worry about this week, so they're not going to worry about one. A little self-evaluating, self-scouting, and just double-checking on the part of the Steelers this week. Tomlin explained yesterday, want to make sure they got the right guys in the right spots and they- that they're doing the right things to give themselves the best chance. Then next week, they will turn the page to either Tennessee, Kansas City, or the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've played all three of those teams this year, so they're not uh, too concerned about boning up quickly for that uh, divisional round game on January the 14th at one 5 And uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced the list of finalists for the class of 2018 yesterday. and includes former Steelers guard Alan Fanica. The best! Also, uh, cornerback Ty Law from Aliquippa, PA, as well as the Patriots, Jets, Chiefs, and Broncos. Your uh, senior finalists are Robert Brazil, formerly of the Houston Oilers, and Jerry Kramer, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. Jerry Kramer's got to get in the Hall of Fame. He's got to get in the Hall of Fame.
1: Rick Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, passed away yesterday. The owner and proprietor of Muscle Shoals.
2: They
8: got the Swampers
1: down there. They did have the Swampers. Here he is talking about those Swampers. Jimmy
3: Johnson on rhythm and guitar, Barry Beckett on keyboards, and Roger Hawkins on drums. And we started working together at Fame Recording Studio, And so that was the beginning of the Muscle Show's rhythm section.
5: To me, it's a combination of rhythm and blues and a lot of black music a lot of southern soul,
9: a little bit of country, and quite a bit of gospel. Talk, like they got this bunch of white boys that are producing black records on black people, The like Otis Redding, Doretha Franklin, on and on, Lou Rawls, etc., etc. It was basically, let's go to muscle shows. They're, they've got this movement down there, and all these great
1: musicians are coming in from all over the country. From all over the country, all over over the the world. world. Yeah, Yeah, it was uh, unbelievable. A great point in that documentary is where they talk about the recording of this song, Wilson Pickett doing Hey Jude at the behest of Dwayne Allman, who was a session guitar player for the Swampers at that point. And Eric Clapton heard this solo and became mesmerized with it. And this is credited here, right here. With being the beginning of Southern Rock is this version of Hey Jude. The rest of the Swampers had gone out for lunch. Wilson Pickett couldn't go eat with them because he was black. Dwayne stayed behind, and said, "Hey man, you got to record the Beatles song." And they're like, "We're not recording a Beatles song. We're doing original music." He's like, "No man, I'm telling you, you got to do this Beatles song." He did that. Uh, like I said, that that moment recorded at Muscle Shoals is considered to be the start of Southern
8: rock in Didn't- this country. Didn't Dwayne or Greg Allman say that Southern Rock was a misnomer because all rock is Southern at its uh, core? Well,
1: that's certainly true. I don't know that. That makes perfect sense. I think it was Greg. I think I heard that when he died. Yeah. Well, look how much rock and roll came out of New Orleans. Yeah. And Rick. Well, Hall, and he was you know all, all this fast, all those right, original guys and were and Nashville. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But anyways, Rick Hall is a name that you might not know, but that was that was a huge guy's a legend. huge uh shadow he cast in, in rock and roll and so many great recordings at Muscle Shoals. Again, that documentary is out there. If you haven't seen it yet, make sure you do. It is just On Netflix, yeah. Compelling, man. Yeah, it's great. All right, Mark Madden, when we come back, D V. the TV Morning Show, and Mark Madden uh, from 105.9 The X is joining us. Happy New Year, Mark. Happy New Year to all. Yeah, you're brought to us by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Happy New Year to them. Happy uh, Matt Mertz New Year to you. Uh, all right, so so much to talk about. It was uh, a pretty eventful holiday. It really was. It was tough for us to be off. Again, it seems like any time we're off the air, a bunch of stuff happens. But uh, the James Harrison thing has been Front of uh, mind for us because we've only had these two days to talk yeah, I'm, about I'm, it. Because I'm, I'm just I'm per- about
11: tired of it, but it's not going away anytime soon.
1: It's no, and and I'm weary of uh, the audience. Are you know? I'm worried that they're a little you know oversaturated with the talk. But I still am coming to terms with what happened there. I know you're no fan of James Harrison, but to me, I think that this might be uh, a move that the Steelers are going to regret. I don't. I think they already see, do because I of all see, the noise. Yeah. Well, I don't see how you do anything to make your enemy stronger. Well,
11: I'm not sure how much he's going to help them, uh, especially by the time it rolls around to presumably Patriots against the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. The guy's 39. He got the two Rudy sacks against the Jets at the end of the game. <laughs> uh, but, but that but might But why have been,
1: gamble on that when there was no need no, no, no.
11: to? That's the point I'm coming to. Here's what I'd have done once he started creating commotion because he wasn't getting what he was promised, like like, like it's Little League and he was guaranteed three innings, which is just so childlike on his part, it's pathetic. But, but once he started causing trouble, like falling asleep during meetings and leaving the stadium once he was uh, inactive, they should have said, James, technically you're still on the roster, you're still on the payroll, you're barred from the facility, go home. That's what they should have done. They should have got him off the team, but not let him go to New England, and that would have been the way to do that. Then... Uh, of course, at that point they would have been, you know, really flayed by the by the public by the yeah, Internation
3: flare up for by
11: being that. disrespectful. But uh, respect's a two way street, and Harrison has defecated all over the logo that gave him a chance when nobody else would.
1: Now, Eric Fisher cannot block James Harrison. Can Alejandro Villanueva? Probably not. Do you think that that was the main motivation for the Patriots to
3: pick up James Harrison because they knew that they, they I, were going to have to I, face Kansas I think City Belichick again.
11: did it to create noise here in Pittsburgh. I think the idea of Harrison Works. playing Fisher and, you know, potentially Villanueva. I mean, I don't know how much Harrison can play, how many snaps at age 39. I just don't. He he was great in a scrub situation against a scrub quarterback, against a scrub team, in a meaningless game at Rudy time. I'm not sure that proves anything whatsoever. We We, we always got to remember—
1: he played 30 snaps, though, right?
11: Good for him. We always got to remember, the Steelers saw him practice every day and didn't think he was good enough.
8: Yeah, actually, they didn't. What
11: do you mean? He, he didn't practice. Well, then they knew they were so positive he wasn't good enough, they said, hey, don't worry about practice. We know you stink.
8: He was pretty good in Kansas City in October.
11: Yeah, that uh, again, that's taking a microcosm and blowing it way up, Triv. Way up.
8: I'm just saying, he was pretty good in October. Now he, it's January.
11: He was pretty good back when he ran the ball back 100 yards, too, so...
1: I don't know why they took the chance. I just don't no, understand. No, no, no.
11: I, I would not have let him don't go. I would. Have, I would have just said you're done, go home. Blah, blah, blah. Nice knowing you, and not let him go to New England.
1: Does this have the effect of galvanizing the locker room for the Steelers or sowing another seed of doubt?
11: Uh, I think it galvanized the locker room. Certainly, you know, like I was talking about this with with Triv over a couple of Coors Lights after the Robert Morris hockey game a couple of nights back, and the Steeler locker room didn't care till he went to New England. Once he went to New England, it, it became traitorous because they're I – I don't want to say – Mike, you know better than me. Is it fair to say they're obsessed with New England? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, then <laughs> this might have increased that obsession. Whether it affects the outcome of the game, when they play, if they play, I don't know.
1: Should Todd Haley not drink at downtown bars where Steelers fans are congregating? Or yes. is he allowed to have a life and go wherever the hell he wants? He's
11: allowed to have a life and go wherever the hell he wants. Now he has a broken hip. So,
1: is it a broken hip? That's what I'm Where's told the
11: best
3: at? place to go drink with a broken hip?
11: <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're in Vegas, you want to gamble. They have those like low tables. Yeah, <laughs> which I sit at those just because I'm fat.
1: The rascal scooters pull right up to them. <laughs> no, no question. Yeah, those are good ones.
11: But a broken uh, hip. Wow, I, I, that's, that's I feel, a big deal. I I feel bad for Haley, but not too bad because his wife's a human hand grenade. That's been proven time and again.
1: Uh, what do you mean by human hand grenade? Well,
11: it, you know when somebody criticizes her husband in the stand, she goes ballistic. That's been oh, documented. That oh yeah, absolutely. Oh,
1: that's documented.
11: Uh, she's tried to get a few guys' tickets pulled. Where does that? So been she goes documented? ballistic
3: every week, is what you're saying.
11: <laughs> that's right. If she could get all those <laughs> tickets pulled, the stadium would be empty. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know but but I, I think it's fair to say that going to a bar by Hines Field after a game on New Year's Eve. Was ill advised for Todd Haley and his wife. I, I think anybody would dispute that by saying, "Oh, he can go anywhere he wants. Yeah, he can." And then commotion might follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what happened when you consider where he was, and you know what was going on, what you know time of night, New Year's Eve? What happened was hardly surprising.
1: Uh, he broke his hip. How the hell did he break his hip?
11: He, apparently, the story I get is he got tackled by a cop when they were trying to like you know intervene. They were they were they were. They were they had a problem with his wife. He intervened, and he got taken to the pavement and broke his hip. Oh, That's what I'm told.
1: Man, did hit. the ball cross the plane?
11: He did not survive the catch.
1: He did. He survive? <laughs> <laughs> or the
11: ground. Yeah, right. Better, Val. Did not survive. His the
1: hip must have been in bad shape.
11: Well, you know, there's a theory. You know, Either I'm,
1: he hit the ground really hard or his hip was ready to go. Well,
11: Ben, I've always been told Ben would rather have him in the press box yeah. than on the sideline. Mike, is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, Maybe it was Ben. Yeah, it so might have been. You think ben, or, or somebody Tonya paid Hardingham. by Ben. <laughs> yes, Ben. Right. Ben Tanya Hardingham.
3: <laughs> Has anybody seen Galula or what's that guy's Jeff name? Galooly. Jeff Galuli. Jeff Galuli.
11: Yeah, so uh, no, it, it's just, you know, if he was going to be on the North Shore after a game on New Year's Eve, he should have been at Hyde Park. You know, going to Tequila Cowboys. Just, just a bad decision. How old is he? What's he doing at Tequila Cowboys anyway? I
1: don't know, but that's... I don't think you're going to get a sponsorship a there anytime Wild soon. Well, I guess... Yeah, I guess he likes tequila.
11: No, no. Tequila Cowboys for the young set? Terrific. Great. Why do? You, are they interested in... I'll
2: <laughs> <laughs> see.
1: So let me ask it's you... It's a great that. place. All right. Of all the dramas <laughs> this year... Uh, and the Ryan Shazier injury excluded because you know that that's sort of that's, there have been uh, so uh, that not so many dramas is I've forgotten how we month. ran through them this morning. So do, did we. Uh, There's double yeah. digits. We a- Le'Veon Bell's holdout and then crappy first game and whether or not. Do you remember that? Thirty-two. Small potatoes. Forgotten uh, Villanueva and the plan uh, 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 being butchered for the national Significant anthem.
11: Significant because um, it, it, it probably took their focus away from that Chicago game and cost them home field.
1: A B throwing the water cooler. In Ravens game
11: in in retrospect insignificant.
1: Ben, maybe I don't have it after Jacksonville.
11: I, I I that was such a almost literal eye roll when he said that. I I never took that seriously. Mark
1: Tavis going on Instagram and uh bashing Juju and then uh, asking for a trade after the Bengals game and, and any, then missing a Monday morning meeting and being benched for the Detroit game.
11: Anytime you, you bash a teammate that's significant. That was uh that that might have been forgotten, but it still uh meant something.
1: Juju's bike funny todd uh, didn't yell at Ben on the sidelines he was yelling at danny uh danny Smith Smith, Smith.
11: Smith. whatever
1: uh, juju the, the the Bengals game i mean the like like i said the shazier hit or injury notwithstanding right juju's suspension uh the Iloka hit on a b um
11: juju's suspension was i mean th- that was a big deal because of who he hit right you know and and it, it was like it was like one situation where Steeler Nation stood as one and said, he got a game for that. Okay, maybe that was kind of worth it.
1: Karma. The karma comments from AB that he uh, caught flack for.
11: Yeah, I'm not sure AB's too Mike, concerned by that. Mike
1: Mitchell's locker room rant after all of that. That was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that was that just great awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, then
11: he got, you know, he, he, he's been burned like toast ever since. But.
1: Then James Harrison. Uh, you know, everything we've been talking I think the whole there, Harrison and-
11: situation from beginning to end, when you hear the whole story like the, you know, falling asleep in the Barca lounger. You know, part of the problem with, with that whole thing is, uh, Triv, correct me if I'm wrong here, is Joey Porter a coach or a mascot?
1: Nice He's a coach.
11: Really? Yeah. seems like he comes off like, like a cartoon character to me. You
1: know, you're and, getting Terry bradshaw there.
11: And, and I wonder if uh, if Harrison took him seriously and if that somehow – didn't play into this in No, the fraction.
1: reason he was snoring in a bark lounger during meetings and stuff is because he was being petulant. He was saying, well, you're not going to play me. I'm not going to prepare.
11: Should have been, been kicked out of the meeting. Should have been sent home right then and there.
3: Well, I think yeah, he... Yeah, I'm not sure why he wasn't disciplined, or maybe he was, and we just didn't well, know. Well, you know what? It. Part
11: of the problem with the whole Harrison situation is Tomlin's always been his buddy, and then when it came time to be his coach and not play him, Harrison said, what's going on, buddy? What about what you promised?
1: And then the Todd Haley incident. I mean, I think the one that's going to have the most impact is going to be James Harrison. I mean, it can't not by virtue of the timing of it.
11: Yeah, but but don't you think – some people think it's inevitable that the Steelers will play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, even more so now because of Harrison. But maybe somebody will upset somebody now.
1: Wouldn't it be great?
11: Don't don't forget Paper, Rock, Scissors. Paper, Rock, Scissors. New England always beats Pittsburgh – Pittsburgh always beats Kansas City. Kansas City always beats New England. Uh, Kansas City's 1-4 straight. They've gotten it together. If they get past their wild card game, I'm not saying they'll beat New England. I bet it's a game.
3: I mean, they beat them handily to open the season, but that seems like it's last year. A million year. years ago. Yeah. Double
1: M, hope you had a good- Thought uh, Haley
11: could walk then. Did
1: you have a good holiday?
11: <laughs> no, good holiday? no. I just was, I, I pretty much- uh,
1: You just worked right through you
11: it? Sick? I was in, I, I, well, when I was in Vegas, I was sick almost the whole trip out there. Then I came home and went into seclusion in the West Wing.
1: You, I, you, I, I, you were sick out in Vegas? Yeah, a
11: lot of time, yeah. What What happened when you uh, got the uh, flu? Chest cold.
1: Ah, it's the worst. Did you do your show from Vegas?
11: I did a few, yeah. Yeah? I did a few. Uh, See any good shows? I saw 3 Vegas Golden Knights games. What a story they are. That that is mind-boggling that they're an expansion team and they're awesome. Where they right.
1: Well, yeah, like, I like, the, you know and I know why Shishkin has said this, but it's a it's a popular theory and it makes sense the teams are going out there and getting loaded well, and playing deep, hurt.
11: Deep analysis by him. I I, I know you hate him. I don't even think
1: yeah, about him. Yeah, they're pretty good on the road too.
11: They're just pretty good. You know, it, but here's the weird part about it. I, I've seen some people say by way of revisionist history, well, you look at their roster, you should have known they'd be pretty good. Right. I should have known that William Carlson, who was on the Columbus fourth line, would lead their team in goals right now. I should have known that.
1: Well, if you were good at your job, you would.
11: Who said I was good at my job?
8: <laughs> <laughs> Barstool Sports. They that said story you're great. is so unbelievable, I'm still not believing it. I, I know. Like, I'm waiting for them to lose 12 in a row. I,
11: I, I, Right. I pick up the paper every day and I see they win, and I go, Shouldn't they've lost like eight straight by now? Yeah, if and, and they may
1: yet. If the Penguins, you know, I know last night was encouraging. If they continue to falter and uh, you know either don't make the playoffs or get knocked out early, the fan base will go so hard rooting for the Knights. Oh, here you mean? yeah. Oh my God, because of Mark, it will be the it will be huge in this town. Yeah, that'd be. I mean. I still think the Penguins will. Probably that would actually be the best scenario. Do you
3: think he's been their most valuable player and the and the, the main reason for their he's success? Yeah, he's play.
11: He's, he's been her, injured he's been a lot. Too much to say that he's done well lately, though. Um, who their MVP is? I don't know. I How about mean,
1: the uh, fourth liner from Columbus that's their leading scorer.
11: <laughs> you know, probably James Neal. Honestly, because he's second in goals. I think he's first in points, and he's a constant threat.
8: Are they actually getting effective play out to of other run? people's
4: wives?
1: What? They're
11: getting, uh, <laughs> they're getting uh, better <laughs> than they thought. I'm sure, better than I thought. I mean, like I look at a guy like Derek Englund, who was like such a jabron here, yeah. and he's playing for them, and he's a legitimate top four defenseman, <laughs> matching up against Sid and doing good. It's like I was talking to Flurry after the game out there, and I go, "Hey, how about Engo?" And Flurry's eye- eyes light goes, "How about Engo?" He goes, "Remember him in Pittsburgh?" He goes, "He, he was okay then." He goes, "He's unbelievable now." And maybe that's what it took. Maybe he's a microcosm of why they're doing so well.
1: Yeah. Uh, Double M, Mark Madden. Check him out uh, each afternoon on 105.9 the DX. Broadcasting, Broadcasting p- live from
3: Tequila Cowboy.
11: <laughs> I wish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Broken hip. I oh. could
11: fall in the exact same spot. This- <laughs> 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 I wonder if there's a chalk outline down
1: there.
11: <laughs> 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 you know what? It kind of reminds You know what? The whole thing I bet was a lot like, remember in Godfather 2, I think it was, where Fredo's wife makes a scene and they have to drag her yeah,
1: out. Yeah, I, I mean it was a lot like that. <laughs> oh god! All right, tomorrow on the show, more stuff. Michael says
11: you have to take care of this, or we have to.
1: I'm finished. <laughs> you stay classy, Pittsburgh.
3: Don't touch your
11: face.
5: I ain't got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
3: For now, you guys call me Ronald.
5: Would you not eat my pants,
2: Ronald? Ah! <laughs>